Welcome back to the Soul Savvy's podcast. We back, y'all. Your absentee parent of podcasting is back. Your weekend parent, the podcast hosting, Q Lynn. If you're new here, we we have we I just like having a good time with my guests. And, and so we I feel like this guest that I'm getting ready to introduce, I'm just get right into it. I usually try to set up with a couple of jokes, but I'm just gonna get right to it because this guest right here is multi hyphenated, and I just want to get to the goods. I feel like his his uh <laughs> his his titles is about as long as the as the new te- as the old and new testament. So I'm gonna get straight to it. <laughs> He's a multi-hyphenated creator, professional, a chart-topping songwriter and producer. For listen, the, the like I said before, his credits as long as the Bible. So listen, we go from <laughs> go. It's, uh, listen, as long he just did a record last year with George Clinton for his uh, pledging or was it the the cues that yep, uh, yep. Atomic Doll the the yeah. The, Ultimate classic just redid that. I mean, did a rendition of that. He also is listen, he, he just got another chart topping hit last year with uh was it uh the, the extraordinary actor and uh singer uh Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah his father yeah. is uh the legendary L. Spencer Smith. Listen, listen, his credits long too. Listen, we we I'll be sitting here all day listening to all the credits, but listen, he's a just just to list off, he's a graduate of the NYU music, music Business Graduate Program. He's also uh, started his professional career in 2014, so he's got exactly 10 years in the game. Universal Music Group, mm-hmm. Sony Music Entertainment. He's, he has so many long list of credits. I've been wanting to talk to him for a long time, and I'm glad to have him on the show. Listen, we're just going to get right to it. Y'all give it up right now for Mr. Mel Smith. There we go. Yes. My producer, he gonna add in the Arsenio <laughs> Hall claps. He gonna add that. That's gonna nice. look add it right now. Yeah, you gonna hear it. There we go. You hear that applause? Thank you. The, the Thank hoots you. and hollers. There we go. Thank you. Keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've been wanting this to happen for a long time. Yeah. But yeah. Long listen, time coming. How, right. Exactly. And I'm glad to have you on. <laughs> I start off. Every podcast episode, this segment, I like to call the musical genesis. Hopefully the saints don't get mad at that. It's basically get to the beginning. (laughs) Usually when I have musical guests on, we get to the beginning of the story. So hopefully, you know, they get sensitive sometimes. I'm on the the heathen side of the the Christian realm. So yeah, right. (laughs) So hopefully they don't get mad. They get mad sometimes. They used to get mad on my radio. They used to get mad on my radio show when I say that. They're like, you going to hell. For playing with God. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, it'd be, it's very so extreme. So I just so do it to, just to get them, just get them, <laughs> you know, worked up a little bit. I'm kind of a heathen. So I like to, you know, work the saints up a little bit. But that's it. I feel you. We get, <laughs> get to your, your, the beginning of your story. I'll just ask, what was your first introduction to music? Wow. Um, so, I guess my first one of my first introductions to music was actually captured. So, um, like you said, my father is Elvis mm-hmm. Smith, and um, his first—I believe it's his first—his first placement was with the Family Gospel Choir. Um, he arranged and sung with Karen Clark Sheard. Um, I won't complain. So the skinny black man that was okay. singing with Karen Clark Sheard—that's my father. Um, and yeah. so. That was, I, I believe that's the first concert I've ever been to. Um, Cause I was like around oh, wow. one, 
one years old, well, one year old. Um, and so we were at that recording, um, me and my sister, my twin sister and my mom, uh, we were at that recording. Uh, so I believe that is, that's the first memory I have with music. But as far as like what comes to mind, I grew up in the church. My dad is a, is a pastor. So um, I definitely have that <laughs> growing up in the church uh story that everybody has um or almost everybody has i don't know about mm -hmm. now but um there used to be a right. time when everybody would start in the church and so that's where you know my music mm -hmm. uh, background began um you know my uncle is an incredible producer works with jimmy jam and terry lewis but he started in that church as well uh playing for my dad mm -hmm. so i grew up you know under him and you know our church choir you know turned into like this recording artist um, for gospel music lovers out there. If y'all know a song called Surgery, um, that's that was my church mm -hmm. choir. So I would have that every single Sunday for decades, really. Um, and so that's that's where I kind of started, man. Like that's where I cut my teeth. I got really involved in singing in the choir, singing on the praise team, singing in the youth choir, singing with the men. Like that, that was my thing. I started playing drums in church. so. You know, music was really um, the connection that what well, the church was the connection that I had to music. Um, and, you know, that's that's where it all started for me. And then eventually I went into like, you know, doing R&B and like being in the studio and all that type of stuff. But, yeah, it started all started all in uh, in the church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, and then it kind of just rolled in. Tuscaloosa. Many people don't know where that is, which is totally fine. Um, <laughs> but they may know the football team. Right. Uh, so, right. you know, roll tide. <laughs> roll tide. Yeah, that's, that's where it started. Right. Actually. That's that old SEC football. Yeah, you got to be a heavy football fan <sighs> to know where that's at. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. For sure. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, your introduction. So, who was it? Do you remember most like so was it mostly just gospel music because you grew up in the church and you know your father's minister was yeah, that so, the church would y'all allowed to listen to secular music uh yeah so <laughs> the funny thing the funny thing about my like childhood because i know a lot of people who grew up in the church they're not allowed to listen to r&b um my yeah. father was never that way because he started off as a musician he started off as a, a recording right. artist. He started off as a songwriter. Um, he That kind of got derailed to become a pastor. Uh -huh. um, and that whole story is just, you know, that's a whole nother story. But his dreams and aspirations right. revolved around music, being in the music industry. And on top of that, mm -hmm. his dad was really into music. And honestly, my grandfather, um, my late grandfather, he is really, um, the connection I had to soul music, you know, because a, a lot of, you know, he was also a heathen. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, so he grew up, he grew up listening, like in that, he grew up in that time of like 70 soul music. And um, the funny thing, the funny thing about that is even though he grew up, you know, listening to soul music, my grandfather, because of my grandfather, my grandmother, my dad's mom was a pastor. So he had literally the mm. best of both worlds. So I think that definitely benefited me, um, even though we were, you know, raised in the church and definitely grew up on gospel music. I would say that 
most of my knowledge revolves around gospel music. Um, that's the foundation of you know everything I do musically. But um, having that education, um, and not just soul music, but all types of music. My grandfather was, he was a band director. Um, so that, that was mm -hmm. his passion. Music was his passion. And so I was really able to like, listen to everything, like listen to R&B, jazz. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, jazz, soul, pop, of course. Um, growing up in the late nineties and, you know, early two thousands, pop was huge at that time. And so of course we listened to everything that our friends listened mm -hmm. to. Um, you know, we'll be with our church friends, you know, listening to confessions in the summer of 2004, going on the <laughs> church trip. And so like it, like that duality has right. always been there in um, my musical background. And so when you listen to things that I do specifically, you will notice that it's like, okay, there's that tension, I guess, tension there um, in the music. And I think that's actually what makes um, black music so special, just the relationship between gospel music being a foundation, we, we call it, you know, one of the core three um, um, of black music. And then we also put that with, you know, the secular aspect of, you know, music. Mm -hmm. But I think that's what makes, what makes, you know, what we do specifically special. So I always had the freedom and I honestly, I'm thankful um, that it worked out for me like that way. Cause again, I know some PKs mm -hmm. they're like, I cannot listen to nothing, but you know, <laughs> Shirley Caesar and, you know, the caravans. Yeah. I'm like, no, that wasn't my story. So, yeah. <laughs> right. And, right. And, and the thing is, I always put it in context because we were there during that time. So it's never, mm -hmm. I think for me, it was new to me when I was in my early 20s because like touring and is like most of the musicians, like when I was, uh, did art because I started out doing R&B gigs most of the R&B, mm -hmm. uh, the musicians that did R&B, they came from church. And so some of them had different right. denominations from Kojic and all that stuff. And they were telling me, I was mm -hmm. like, what? <laughs> cause, I, Cause I just thought it was normal. Cause where I was from, that's what we listened to. Like Saturday night was mm -hmm. club. We listened to, uh, for the 99, take it over for the 99, 2000 and went right back to church yeah, Sunday. Yeah. So that was nothing. Yes. I mean, like I said, we grew up either. So it was like, that right, was right, normal. Right. <laughs> Me Absolutely. going to church, listening to Manny Fresh and <laughs> yes. listening to yeah. BG and all them, you know, yep. and then going to church the next morning, listening to Shirley mm -hmm. Caesar, Can't yeah. Spirituals. That was normal for me. So. Yeah. But it, it, it's no judgment, you know. I mean, when I found out about but it wasn't like, oh man, y'all. It was just like, oh, I'm glad I didn't grow up that way. That's more of my perspective. Right. Like, I'm just glad I didn't grow yeah. up in that. Cause I, I told you guys, I was like, I've been straight. I would have been more heathenist than I have been. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been Listen. what? I would have been completely opposite. Yeah. It was. That's why I wear so much lipstick now. Cause I couldn't wear it. We could. It was just music oh, wow. wasn't really a limitation. Really? It was. Mm -hmm. We couldn't wear lipstick. We couldn't wear. Uh, Britches, that's what that, I'm country. Like that's no what pants. I say. Ooh, say britches, my God. <laughs> right. We, okay. I'm country black. To all the listeners, I'm country black. We, we say the van. We don't say sofa. We say the van. Well, I'm from mm -hmm. Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. We say the van. Mm -hmm. Your grandmother said, okay. get up off that arm of that van and get somewhere and sit down. And that's how we was talking to you. That, that was the gentle parenting I wow. received. As a, as yes, a, exactly. <laughs> okay. 
it was like get to where it sat down and quit making up all that record right. and all that noise. Correct. Yes. <laughs> but no, it's just yeah. We, yeah, we couldn't wear we couldn't wear britches. Oh, go ahead, my bad. I didn't cut you off. Oh no, no, no. No, I'm just I'm just saying like we had that balance. Um and I think right. that I mean and not just in music, like you're saying, it was in it was a cultural thing um at that time. We mm-hmm. um because I'm, I'm not sure when you were born, but I, I'm a 90s baby. And so by that time, we kind of moved out. 80s, of, like, late 80s, late 80s. Yeah. Okay, you're part of that too. Yeah, so it, it kind of kind yeah. of moved out of that more traditional aspect of things, um, but it wasn't completely, you know, liberal like we are now. And so I, I think that balance yeah. oh, <laughs> sure. definitely made us yeah. well-rounded. They, they, they couldn't even, I grew up, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Kurt Franklin, pretty much when he came out with stuff oh, like they was cool with the first album. But when he came out with Stomp, he I, I said on the the one episode, I said he might as well had two guns in his hand because that's how yes. I was they yes. did not want us yes. singing at a church. <laughs> yeah, it, it got it got dicey for sure, for sure. So you know, yeah, ninety seven, ninety eight. That Kurt Franklin, yep. they was over. They was like, absolutely not. Y'all oh, not yeah. singing this. Doing praise and worship, not yeah. require our day, none of that. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. But my next question, I'm gonna ask you, uh, just kind of stick with that because I feel like um I like asking childhood questions. I feel like however your your work ethic is now, I feel like it has everything to do with how you were brought up in terms of like mm-hmm. how your father, because of course your your father's legendary in the gospel realm. In terms of that teaching, in terms of like your introduction into music and playing, were you musically inclined in terms of like playing instruments, or was you just in the choir singing? What what was that uh, like in terms of your participation in church? Yeah, so um, I, I I actually did not start off singing. So my first instrument within the church, okay. I played the drums. Um, I was more interested in that. Okay. It felt cooler. Um, and I don't even know why I'm saying cooler because mm-hmm. I was literally maybe like three. Um, and so mm-hmm. I, would, I, I would play for the, the youth choir or the children's choir at that time. And so um, I mm-hmm. did that for a minute. And at a certain point, I get, <laughs> I don't know if it was because I got tired of it or if it was because I saw that I wasn't getting good enough at it. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, um, oh okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what led me to doing singing strictly because at a certain point I was doing both or I was trying to do both. Um, but of course, uh-huh. if the, church, the children's choir needed a drummer, then I'm that person. So I wasn't able mm-hmm. to sing with them. But when I got into like my teenage years, um, I leaned like heavily mm-hmm. in singing. But I always knew how to sing. Like I knew how to sing very well um, before, you know, me and my sister could even talk. Well, this is what my parents say before we could even talk, we would know how to sing and know how to harmonize and like listen to the whinings and listen to like, you know, Men of Standard and all these people, we would be singing to it. Um, And so I think that just came naturally to me, even though I had rhythm, um, I think singing uh, and everything that came with it, I think it came naturally to me. And so I just started leaning more more into it and I I just enjoyed it more. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why, um, I'm sure there's some level of showmanship. Uh, the states call it like you know being in your flesh. I'm sure that has some part to do with it. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I, I just I just enjoy singing more. And at that time, we had a youth choir that was going around the city and going around the state singing. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I just leaned heavily into like being, I guess, the quasi, you know, leader of <laughs> of that. And um, yeah, it just it just worked out. And then from there, I was being poached to sing with the adults uh, in the praise team and then the choir. And, you know, I mean, it was it was all, it was all good. But I, I definitely um, I started out playing the drums. I'll say that. Um, but mm-hmm. I've been ending singing and singing, you know, in the choir and all that stuff. So it was it was just more of an interest to, to just sing in the choir. You, you and then that progressed to just singing. You just learning your voice and being in the choir. How how long did you were you in the choir? Were you there from like grade school, middle school, uh, high school? Yes. Or Right. So I, I was singing, um, I was singing since I was a kid. So I started out, like I said, I started out in the children's choir. Um, I play drums sometimes, but sometimes I was singing, but Mm -hmm. I would want to play drums. And so that's where I started. But when I left the drums completely, um, I was like a preteen, um, which that whole process was weird because of course, when you're preteen, you're going through puberty. And so I used to sing really high, like my father, like I used to sing soprano high. And so that would be the showstopper. And I guess that's what made me be like, hmm, I could right. do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but then right, right, came right, right, right. and shot, shot my voice down to hell. <laughs> it, so, made, it made it drop, um, right, 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 right. Oh my God, it, that, that was a hard thing. And then, you know, singing in the church, you know, you have to be able to work you know, work a song and, you know, work an audience or whatever. And so mm-hmm. um, by doing that, I just, I stretched my voice. And then, you know, I joined the youth choir, but I would be singing with the youth choir. I would be singing with the adult choir. I would be singing with the praise and worship, like at the same time. So um, mm-hmm. it was just at a certain point, like from middle school to when I graduated high school, I was just singing, like I would be singing every Sunday. <laughs> And just stretching my voice, and I mean, I like you know, lead I or just, doing or it. just uh, doing. I mean, so it it you know it depends on what what you know what I'm okay. needed for. I would usually sing in the background because um, that's why I, I just felt more okay. comfortable there. Um, because of course, singing lead, there's just more involved in it, especially singing in the church. <laughs> so I I did feel like I was quite ready for that. But when I would need to lead a song, I would do it. You know, I'll make it work. But, okay. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Were, were you that kid? What, what kind of kid? <laughs> I know this is a silly question. I'm just asking this because I'm just curious. Uh, what kind of, were you paying attention to everything? Like, were you, because when I was uh, in choir, I was mostly like looking at all everything. Like, I was just an observant kid. So I'm watching. Cause what the wait before I even go there? What denomination do you come from? <sighs> okay, I actually no, I love this question <laughs> I because, like <laughs> I, because because it is layered. So my dad he grew up Pentecostal, like hard okay. Pentecostal, South Carolina, and so we have we have that. The church that he took over mm-hmm. is the church that I grew up in. That was my okay. mother's father's church in Alabama. Okay. That's an Alabama. That was an Alabama Baptist church. 
So it was a Pentecostal preacher coming to a strictly Baptist church. So, I, and then at the same time, oh, okay. So you grew up Baptist, like, okay? No, no a mix of both. That's the thing. That, yeah, exactly. A mix of both. So we say okay. that it's like a Baptocostal slash non-denominational because <laughs> we also had that going type of church. Um, okay, I you got know, you. They didn't, quite, they didn't quite have a problem with Kirk Franklin on youth Sundays, but if you tried to do it right. like on a regular Sunday, it was like... Mm. Um, That's but, what it was. It but, was like... <laughs> they were yeah, straight yeah, old yeah, school. Yeah. They was like, nope, you better have some yeah. uh, stockings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Because I used to wear my my because I was getting taller when I was in grade school, so all my my dresses they like you better put them the, the pantyhose <laughs> on and stuff. So, yes, <laughs> you could you just could listen. They still ask about that. You be a grown adult. They like you ain't got no stuff like ma'am. I am. Yep. Fully grown. No, no I do not actually. But thanks for asking. Right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. why I ask that because it's like the different experiences with uh, just mm -hmm. observing it in a church. It was like devotion. That was like most of like mm. how they start out service, mm. and you watching the deacons. They used to and that that was like a whole thing by itself. Because as a kid, you yeah. watching that, it's like man, this is taking too long. <laughs> Because yes. <laughs> of the song, they start out like, uh, what is it? I love the Lord, he heard my cry. Ah, mm -hmm. You sing about two of them? I didn't know what they were singing. Yeah, I thought they was humming. I didn't know what they were singing. Exactly. But <laughs> the, the funny thing about Lord, that is like, he heard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But the the funny thing about that is I my first time experiencing um, devotion was when I went to college. So I, I when I went to college, I went to E. Dewey Smith's church, okay. and he um, he has like a, a Baptist church, and so I just didn't grow up. I didn't grow up singing that or seeing that because by the time you know I came with my dad, and so he brought all of that Pentecostal. Stuff. It was just different. It, it was oh, okay. Different. That's when why I said it's mixed up. Got you. Okay. Right. When I when I tell people what kind of church I grew up in, they're they're always kind of confused because it really was just a blend of so many so many different worlds. And then at the time of the black church, especially like in the late nineties, the early two thousands, and even going to like mid two thousands the culture of the church just changed drastically and we talk you know we talk a lot about kirk franklin and the impact and the influence of god's property and then also you got the influence of fred hammond and radical for christ and then you also got the influence of israel and new breed so i i literally went to church when that whole wave was hitting okay. the black church and so it it really was like a different completely different experience than you know my parents got um you know and so i mean the the church embraced it it was a big it was a big church for college students we have an hbcu um in the city um and then of course we have ua and so at a certain point our church was specifically like majorly full of college students um and my father he was a very a very young pastor i think he started pastoring them when he was like 24 um and so mm. just that youthful energy was just always always in the building and so it, it really was 
a different and honestly i'm so thankful that i grew up that way because i think it um it allowed me to freely explore what i could do spiritually but also what i could do musically um in in the safety of the church i didn't have to go outside you know looking for you know anything because really the church let me just figure it out they saw that i was musical and they were like all right cool go up and sing do, do your thing man um, and we'll support it. And yeah. I, I think that really helped me um, in the long run with confidence, you know. And so now I'm able to try different things in different rooms and um, just do that because of the foundation I got, you know. So, yeah. I relate to that a thousand percent because that's how, mm -hmm. like, especially when I started playing. I mean, of course, you start playing the drums. I think it's mostly, I don't, I don't know if you relate to it, but it was like sort of a hierarchy with the musicianship. Like it was like, it was like set people yes. on the music, music instruments. So it was like the organ. I couldn't yes. play the organ. I wanted to play the bass, mm -hmm. but it was already somebody there, guitar. And they're like 30 years in, like they're like way mm -hmm. older than me. So most yep. of the younger yep. musicians went to uh, the drums because that, you know, mm -hmm. everybody would change out. And if you wasn't right. good, guess what? You was about to get off them things. Get up. Ooh, I've had that happen to me a couple of times. <laughs> They're like, uh-uh. You, you're not keeping up. It's usually yeah. the tempo chain. Yeah, the tempo yes. chain. When you get up in there, you know, the tempo chain, you're like, uh-uh. Yeah. All right, they'll do it midway. Listen. Right when the song yep. is happening. Yes. They're like, uh-uh, get up. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. When they, when they start, the, they get ready to bump, and you can't keep up, yep. they're like, okay. Let's, right. let's get on that. It's, okay. it's all right. You can try next yeah, time. Yes. <laughs> right, exactly. Absolutely. Thankfully, yeah. I had had that. It was just other musicians I saw, and I was like, oh, I need to get this right. And then it was yeah. also yeah. like for me, my honing those skills, like discipline, because it was like my my music mentors in church, they were straight old school, Jane Brown style. It was mm. like, and this, I, I know this mm. probably, I don't know if you, we was cassette tapes with in rehearsal, so mm -hmm. it was like, like oh yeah, you only had about two, three times. He, and mind you, he rewinding it back for his part. You got to figure that out while he figuring wow. it out. It is by by the time this song is over with, you better have it down. I don't know what it felt like to not Ooh. have it down because it's like no, that's the expectation of no, you better get this right yeah. for this record before yeah. we pause and stop, stop. You better have this down before this cassette is yes. over with. And so. Yes. And then it's like, all right, it was no, oh, you did so well at that. You did so great. Nope, next one. Let's go. No. <laughs> it wasn't, yes. I could get affirmations. There was no affirmation to people under 30. Ooh. There was no affirmations. If you grew up the way I grew up in church, it was no mm -hmm. affirmations. It was, nope, as long as you didn't mess oh, up no. and you got yes. off some things, it was, right. you did what you're supposed to do. It wasn't, but, you did but your I job. Grew up, there you go. Yeah. But all that discipline, like learning that, it was just me just really, I didn't really start paying attention to stuff in church until I was a teenager, until I started playing the keys. Mm -hmm. And then, like you mm -hmm. said, with that freedom, my, my mentors, they gave me that freedom because I would just play. And it sounds crazy because when I say it, but I learned backwards because I started, when I learned how to mm -hmm. play the keys, I was jazz and classically trained. So I was backwards. I started oh. playing the keys outside of church. And then when I got back in the church, I started, I didn't understand how to play gospel until I would listen to R&B yeah. records. And it was like, oh, this kind of sounded like commission. I was like, wow. oh. And I'm listening to, yeah, I'm listening to like Jodeci. I was That's like, man, incredible. this is some, I was like, 
Yeah, and Prince, I'm like, listen, I was like, wait, this is all church mm-hmm. chords. And then I'm listening to blues, yep. like Albert King. I'm like, oh, it's a three, four, five. I was like, mm-hmm. this is blues. Mm-hmm. And that quartet drive, it's like, oh, this is just oh, yep. like funky blues. And so yep. learning all that, and I listen, I, I don't have no shame. I was playing Prince Erotic City door offering. I, I don't have no yes. shame. <laughs> <laughs> I will disguise the court. Okay. It will get to the point to where I'll get bored and try to disguise it. I'm like, they ain't gonna know what this is. The only mm-hmm. time I got caught was mm-hmm. uh, I played Bob Marley's Kinky Reggae. I did the, I could have covered it up, but I just like, dump, the dump, the dump. I was uh-huh. playing those uh-huh. chords and the basses was like, I, 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 don't do that. I was like, how do you know what I'm playing though? Exactly. How do you know I was playing how exactly that? do you know? But, See, but, you will know yourself. But then, but yeah, they were like, but they would let me play like Stevie Wonder though, during the mm-hmm. I've been playing like Ripping in the Sky, like that's very blatant. They're like, yeah, play that. I was yes. like, really? You want me to play that? <laughs> you want me to do? That was safe. But yeah. That was safe. Right. You know, yeah, that was a safe one. Yeah, it was Kinky Reggae. That mm-hmm. was too much. I was going too far, yeah. too far to the. <laughs> Come on back. Come but on yeah, back. I, yes. right. Come on, bring it, reel it in, reel it in. But I, I understand completely what you're saying. <laughs> It just growing up in church, church culture is different. It was just for me, it was like under like when I started playing the organ, it was just like how the pastor's tone, because everything has a rhythm too. I realized like everything has a rhythm and a pattern. And so mm-hmm. like with listening to pastors, they would have a and I would just sit like it'd be I'll get to a point where I'll just when I'd be at the organ, I'd be looking at the pastor. And I, I look at his notes and I'm like, if he got more than three notes, I'm like, oh, I could go to fellowship hall and get me something to drink real quick while he, yes. <laughs> while he doing his <laughs> sermon. I like, but if I saw right, right, right. if he flipping, if he flipping through the notes fast, it's like, oh, he gonna be here. He gonna he gonna be a quick little mm-hmm. 20 minutes. It ain't gonna be a almost mm-hmm. 40 minute sermon. It's gonna be real quick. And right. then when he start tuning up, it's like, all right, I'm about to get you a D flat, sir. Yep. I'm about to get with you. Come yep. on. <laughs> Church yep, culture is absolutely. so funny. People, if you never grew up in church, it's just certain stuff that happened in church. It's just so yeah. funny. And you like have, this stuff, the, the, the right, you had to been there. The lingo, <laughs> I, certain stuff you only hear in church. Like, woke up in my right mm-hmm. mind. I don't know what that means yes. still to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess I wake up in my wrong mind. That, as long as you don't wake that's up in your it. wrong mind like me. I think as that's long what as I you do. don't wake up in your wrong mind. <laughs> The highways and byways. I don't I don't know what yes. that means at all. He's <laughs> <laughs> like the highways yes. and byways. <laughs> What's a byway? I don't know what that means. <laughs> right. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, the preachers and then then my pre my pastor was old school. He said we're gonna have some show up checks today, not church. Listen. Church. <laughs> some show up checks. He was country. Listen, I love yeah. I miss that. That's why. I, that's the only thing I miss about church is that good old country black. Look, I grew yeah. up country like the the pastor, the preacher, the guest speakers would come. They had that slick back perm that turned into an S curl when they started sweating, and they got that outline gold tooth with them double breasted oh, suits man. that look like Steve Harvey collection. The big oh, ass suits, man. <laughs> just hot, <laughs> just hot. But they they sing like they didn't broke two ribs. That's what I miss about church is them preachers. Yes, they they sound like they didn't broke two ribs when they look. The I love the pastor intro. He's like this yes. next speaker when the when the choir come. This is the preacher. Mm-hmm. This preacher right here. He can show up preach. And his brother, yeah. 
They got all got a group of brothers that can sing. He be like, they Benjamin and brothers. Right. They was in a group that right. can sing for real. Mm-hmm. Look, they yep. they play this song right here. Look, this this all the guest speakers in the nineties would sing this song. Hold on, this is this is the sound they used to sing. But when I, when I look around, yep. yeah, I want to play that every guest speaker I've ever played. They, this right here. Good day. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. They'll come in after this. They get the whole church. Listen. Look, they get to the, the whole church. Hold on, this part right here. You get to hear right here. So I'll just build it up and then get to this part right uh-huh. here. He about, to, he about to go in. But the whole church out in the first row. Everybody gets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, this part right here, here you go right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody lay down in the front row. They get every single time. Every single time. Right here. He starts screaming out all right, here we go. <laughs> right, every time. And then he saw, he's like, every he's time. like, let the mouth, the words of my mouth, the meditation of my, then he started going mm-hmm. into prayer before the, yeah. you know, like, the words of my mouth, the yep. meditation of my heart, be acceptable, be acceptable. in thy sight. Yes. Lord, you must, right. <laughs> Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. And my redeemer. I heard yes. that so many times. Yep. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Every amen. time. The <laughs> Listen, that, that, that's how that's the church I grew up on right there. And then yeah. preaching about 20 minutes, he's like, I'm gonna let you go. And before I let you go, he said about, about five times. I'm getting ready to close. Oh, yeah. oh, he yeah. just, that's just a woman. Oh, yeah. He's trying to bait you in. That's what that code word is. He tried to bait you that in never and say it. that. <laughs> yeah. Never mean it. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll get you yeah. the D flat. He tuned up. I'm right. like, I love the preacher. The whole the country people, they be like, <laughs> what they say, he's my way maker, <laughs> the wheel in the middle of the wheel. I like the preachers <laughs> that do that. That shit. Oh, he yeah. gets it going, the yeah. alpha and omega. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's the doctor in the hospital. Yeah. The, yep, the lawyer. Yep. Lawyer in the courthouse. Lawyer in the courtroom. <laughs> yes. Look, yeah. they'll go down the whole list. They they get you, and then I'll be right there with them. I'm like, go oh, ahead, Pastor, mm-hmm. I'm going with you. Come on. Yeah. But yeah. But we went on, I don't know, a whole tangent. I'm Absolutely. <laughs> they like, they like, can you get to the questions, please? Listen, I like to have fun on this podcast. We we, we have fun on here. It's all good. It's I talk Sunday. about church culture oh. all day. Yeah, it's Sunday. <laughs> Listen, I was listening to. I was getting in the spirit before I got got on here. I was yeah. listening to camp spirituals and all that stuff. Paul Pooh, I'm old school. Yeah. That's how I like my. I can't. I can't oh, get. Yeah. 
I try to get with the new sound. It's too many times with the gospel, the new gospel. Uh, too many times, yeah. too many minor chords, too many E chords and, and A chords. Yeah. I, I don't, A minor, I can't get with that. I got to get me an A flat. Give me some flat chords, <laughs> God dog. Like that song right there? Give me some flat chords that sound yes. like it's, it's at the juke joint. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm at the juke, mm -hmm. about to give me a whiskey. Sour or in the church house. <laughs> That's what I like my gospel. Listen. I want my gospel to sound like yeah. that. <laughs> wow. But yeah, uh, just, listen, grow church culture is for me, I don't have a church hurt story. So it's like for me, it's just realizing most of it was just people just making up rules just cause. <laughs> and once I realized that, it really got nothing yeah. to do with the Bible. It's just Oh, y'all just made this up because y'all don't like it. Right. It ain't got nothing to do with being exactly. biblical reference. And so I ain't got exactly. no beef with Jesus or none of that. Or his people. It's just you just ain't gonna tell me what to do with my life. It's like once we make yeah. that clear, it's like, all right, I can get with it, you know. Yeah. Still love the Lord. <laughs> I pay my tithes. I That's just it. went to somebody's uh Facebook Live Baptist Church or church, uh mm. non-denomination uh. church this morning. I pay my tithes, you know. <laughs> I mean, I go, I may go every once yeah. in a while, you know, but it ain't mm -hmm. my daily ritual, mm -hmm. just being a track. Right, that's right, my right. excuse being a tour musician. It's like, I'm on tour. I can't go this Sunday. Right. You know, there's churches in the church. Not this Sunday, maybe next Sunday. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. Listen. So, <laughs> right. So, man, I, I'm sure it wasn't uh, pressure because what you say, your, your dad's just, um, catalog of music before uh transitioning into heaven's own church i'm sure that like you said your experience you just had a baby of different experiences so i'm sure you didn't feel limited or felt like you were constrained with being a church but what was that turn for you in terms of i guess wanting to do it I, or just like the just the capability of saying like when did when did you find your voice in that aspect? Um, I I guess I can answer this like twofold. So of course, because I mean I I think the confidence that I built singing in front of the audience or like singing live is different than the confidence I built singing in the studio very mm -hmm. different two two different things um mm -hmm. but they both for me they both came from the same place so i said earlier mm -hmm. that you know my church choir turned into a recording artist and so um we had we, we recorded our um albums at the church so at our church we had mm -hmm. a studio and so um, my uncle who played keys, uh, like I said, he works with Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis now, incredible, incredible producer. Um, but he, that's, that's where he started. So, um, I would be in the studio with him, you know, like till three o'clock in the morning, just like falling, falling asleep. And he looked at me and he'd be like, <laughs> you can hang, you can hang. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm 11, like I'm about to go to sleep. <laughs> but um, right. like, no, we in the studio. If you're gonna be in the studio, we working. I'm like, all right. So, I mean, I had that as a kid. Um, and so I think being able to find where I fit in the studio, it took a little longer than um, 
me finding where I was able to fit in a live context because I had more opportunity to do it in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really get to find my voice um, as far as like in the studio until like, until I was like 16. Um, around that time, I just started like, you know, trying my hand at like making beats first. Um, couldn't play at all, still can't play, but I knew enough to like, you know, you know, right, right, record right. one note, go back, record another note, record it, and then go back, record another note, and it, it will make record. Um, so, right. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I would do, but I always knew how to write. Um, I was really into writing uh, music and writing. Um, when I was a kid, I used to write scripts uh, for like movies. And so I was really into writing. Um, and so um, being able to like find my voice as a songwriter and also as a like a, a vocalist in the studio, um, that mm-hmm. came at a later time. And I think I was just able at a certain point, I was like, you know, this is what I want to do. I always knew this, you know, being in music was what I wanted to do. Um, I tell the story often. The first time I heard Brandy Full Moon, I was seven years old on the way to Disney World um, with my aunt and uncle. And I was like, this is the craziest, most perfect thing I've ever heard in my life. How do I get to do this? Number one, who who did this? Um, that's how I learned about uh, Dark Child and LaShawn Daniels. Because uh, at that time, mm-hmm. you know, you could read the credits. And so I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you know, I, I want to dedicate my life to trying to make something as perfect as this. Um, and so 23 mm-hmm. years later, I, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, and so, um, yeah, I was just like, if I'm going to do this, I need to get good. Like, I need to get good at it. I want to start writing, writing for artists. Um, and so let me just try. So I, a lot of a lot of what I did was just self-teach myself like I, I feel like I'm self-taught um because mm. literally my dad would have a mic um because my dad would have his own setup um but I would use this mic mm. I, my, I first started on reason um uh that was like an old school doll that I used to use um and then I switched over to logic and I just started like singing my ideas like singing my different harmonies singing my different melodies um i would sing a lot of covers um if people have been following me for like a long time they they would know that i started out on soundcloud singing different covers Mm -hmm. um they're still up there now and just literally through that i was able to like build my confidence as a vocal arranger as Mm -hmm. a vocalist um as a vocal producer um learning Mm -hmm. how to produce myself and from that you know the you know my ogs they were like you know you kind of you got something special and you know they helped me um and just started inviting me on into the process um and really from that that's how it kind of like snowballed um into everything um that's kind of happening now i had the opportunity you know i'm thankful for my father he allowed me to uh write on his first first project um around like 2012, that was like my senior year in high school. Um, And that was the first time I, first time I wrote a song that other people heard, because it was for a live recording, so other people Mm -hmm. heard the song. 
Um, and then I was able mm-hmm. to sing with him. And so that was kind of the first time that people were able to like hear my voice as someone who had been working from the ground up. Cause like I said, I, I was going through puberty and so my range dropped. And so I had to figure out what I wanted to sound like. I had to figure out, you know, what my range was again. Um, and so, you know, having the opportunity to do that really helped. And just the reception from it, um, it kind of just helped me like move forward. And, you know, I, I saw how people, you know, liked it. And I was like, all right, well, you're doing okay, Jamil. Like, keep going. And so, yeah, I, I think for the most part, that part is self-taught for sure. Um, especially mm-hmm. like, you know, being in the studio. Cause I think just with studio, it's just so different that like, it's something that you have to do. Like you just have to keep doing it until you get mm-hmm. better at it. Um, Cause like just the whole process of like hearing your voice back through a machine, it's not like in church where you sing mm-hmm. the song once and it's done. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you gotta yeah. like hear yourself back. You gotta learn how to stack vocals. You gotta learn like, you just have mm-hmm. to learn your voice in a whole new way. Um, and so um, I, I just think I had the um, the desire, the drive and like the work ethic to just like confront myself in that way. Just knowing like learning how to be embarrassed by what I hear, learning how to like work on myself, mm-hmm. like self-improvement. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would say I, and it's sorry for a long answer, but I would say that it is something that's broken up. No, 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 you're good. Um, because, you know, I wasn't able to like have um, an upbringing where I was just so used to singing in the studio, like I was in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I mean, it worked out to where <laughs> to where I'm cool, I'm cool with both now. I love to do both. Um, I'm good with either application at this point. So, yeah, it worked out. <laughs> no, you 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 answered that perfectly. Uh, it's good you explain it like that, because so the listeners can get a full scope of what you're talking about and so Mm -hmm. what you're talking about that's that's like skill like i think it's just something about the ones that i feel like that can do it professionally that can do it consistently and can get work Mm -hmm. you have to perfect it in that way because i'm I'm the same way when it came i mean with it it was the same like i get like uh playing in church live versus Playing in studios totally different, even though I use the same like uh, the discipline of like getting it right the first time. That was more my right. what I took from like like because in church, like you're really dealing with the, the the energy, which you know from a jazz standpoint, like being trained that way. That's mostly what church was when I learned it was mm. improv because it's like you rehearsing a song that maybe mm. four minutes long, but whenever you Get in front of the sun to get in front of the congregation, it turned into 10 minutes because the spirit correct that's you know, part of the improv and you know how to stretch the song. And then if you're good, mm-hmm. you know which part that's going, you know what I mean? Because if the, the choir is mm-hmm. on the battlefield, you know, that song, you know, getting the spirit on, and you know that the choir directors break the harmonies up and she gonna yep. want the musicians <laughs> to quit playing and then it's gonna keep repeating mm-hmm. until they get tired of singing it. so but yeah it's yeah. just that that energy in terms of getting it right and then you can like you know you can ex- once you get it right you can expand it you know and play it you know and do your thing with it but studio is mostly yep. i know from my experience just recording it was like 
just in the beginning, it was just filled in space. So it's like the producer, like, like just in church is like, is it okay? Is it good? All right, go to the next one. It's sort of that. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? It was just work. It wasn't like, yeah. oh yeah. man, we're chilling. It's like, no, we're right. done yeah. because the record label, once it's done, <laughs> once it's done before the day's over with. So it was a lot like that. Listen, they paying for studio and time. Labor. Yeah. Yeah, and then when they know you can do everything, they like, oh yeah, get her to do this since she's already there. Mm-hmm. Get her to do about four more songs. Mind you, I'm always supposed right. to be there. They're like, oh, I'll do these two for you know? No, she's right. fine. Just get her to do this, you know. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. just like any yep. other job in America, it's like once they realize you can do it, they're like, oh, go ahead, you be all right. Just get these real exactly. quick before the day. Over. Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I totally get you want to do another one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. That's no. exactly the experience, you know. That's exactly how it was. Right. I, and LaShawn, I, I got to work with him. Uh, you know, I hate mentioning this man named the 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 the, the bad boy guy. You know, not to reference uh, him. Yes. You know, I know he yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You know, but through that connection, <laughs> I knew Justin uh, <laughs> Justin Walker was working on one of those uh, artists on his labels that and ended up doing some demos for for that and LaShawn would come in mm-hmm. and I would just play the part and he would sing it to me and just taking direction from him and how he want I was like how do you want this and he would me and him would just but yeah it was a good time uh, that's yeah. when when you start collaborating outside of when it was more like songwriters that were helping me besides mm-hmm. the producer that, that's when it was fun because LaShawn was a good time he was one of those guys Man. For me, I'm like, if nobody made it into heaven, he made it in because <laughs> he, he talked about God so much to where it was like, sir, yeah. I, I just said hi. I don't need all these Christian salutations. But <laughs> I, I grew up in church, but he was just OD with it. But he was just, Listen. to me, I get sad because it's like, yeah, it was like, I would go from being sad and then laughing because he was that guy. He told me, <laughs> he told me because I, I would talk about stuff or whatever. We would have conversations and I tell him, the stuff I had going on. He's like, you got an unsaved bed. That's what he told me. <laughs> he told me I had an unsaved bed. I was like, you ain't gonna make me feel bad about it. Yeah, I was like, you can't, you can't make me feel bad about nothing, sir, okay? <laughs> and it was like, you know, he going to a whole Christian Bible scripture. I'm like, I don't care nothing about that. I am in my 20s That's and having fun. I don't care nothing about what you're Having talking. a good time. That's why yeah. I'm freaking out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm having a good time. I don't care nothing we talk about. Yeah. But yeah, uh, LaShawn, like you just learning that, like that being your pinnacle of, mm-hmm. in which you transition perfectly to my next question in terms of, because I feel like everybody has their pinnacle artists. I feel like, you know, like when I say introduction music, like that artist, that's that go-to for you. Like who's that pinnacle for you? Who's that? I know you said Brandy, but... Is it added on to that, or who who else is added on to that that pinnacle artist for you? So I actually have a few, um, if you don't mind. Um, mm. There. Go ahead, listen, um, man. Go ahead. That's what we do. <laughs> so so I, I have like four, no, five albums, and it's not really an artist because I do know that artists they can go through like ebbs and flows, just their artistry. And so I focus, I'm really like album focused, I'm album centric, um, but they're like five albums that mm. I always say changed mm. my life, changed the way that I heard music. Um, and so the first one, of course, is Full Moon. 
the second one, um, Voodoo mm. by D'Angelo. Now, actually, D'Angelo yes. might be that artist because D'Angelo has never let me down. <laughs> uh, he's never right. let me down. Um, Voodoo, I heard Voodoo a little later because, of course, I mean, I, I wasn't a kid listening to Voodoo. Um, but mm-hmm. when I heard it, just, you know what? You know what it was? Especially with Voodoo and um, Full Moon, I think the church kid in me recognized, like, it recognized that church element or like those gospel influences. And so mm-hmm. the way that they were doing it was just so, it was gospel of course, but it was still like, it was swaggy. Like it it had like that type of, you know, mm-hmm. energy to it. And I found that to be so mm-hmm. alluring. Like it was just so interesting to me because I never, I never, you know, well, I never wanted to be an artist in the first place, but if I did do music as an artist, I knew I wanted to do R&B. I always know I wanted to do R&B. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to do gospel. <clears throat> um, um, and I think that's that's just because of my influences. And so, um, Voodoo, Full Moon. Um, what else? Uh, there's another one. Stankonia. There you go. Um, by Outkast. Yeah grew up on that when i first heard that that completely blew my mind just what they were able to just do with sound it's it's just i think that's what it comes down to Mm -hmm. i think it's just so genius and i think that's why i like i love music those are the moments that make me love music just like what you're able to do with sound um and so stankonia later down the line came to pippa butterfly that i mean one of my, I, I would say that that's my favorite mm-hmm. hip hop album of all time. So, Pippa Butterfly completely changed everything for me. Um, and then, uh, Graduation by Kanye West. So, the, I think those five mm-hmm. albums were really just paramount and like defining my ear. Like, a lot of what I love about music, they're in those albums. Um, not always in those artists, because again, like, especially with a person like Kanye, you know. I, I can't even recognize him anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I can't recognize his artistry anymore. <laughs> the thing that made me fall in love with right. him, you know, in 2004, I can't recognize it anymore. So I, I, I like to focus it in on albums uh, because I think that they deserve equal, mm-hmm. you know, equal reverence to artists. Um, and, you know, depending on what album it is, I think the legacy of an album, um, it may actually outrun the legacy of an artist. You know, and you know, a lot of times because a lot of people you'll hear, you know, especially with Brandy and like D'Angelo, Full Moon and Voodoo, they are responsible for influencing a whole generation of, mm-hmm. <laughs> of artists. Um, <clears throat> artists who actually have never heard, you know, any of the previous, their previous works, but just that album made them like, you know, oh, I'm gonna do this for real. And so, yeah, I, I, but I would say those five albums albums help me, you know, in that way. Yeah, you listen, you you starting off. That's just a pinnacle right there. I think for me, it's just like, that's absolutely mine too, D'Angelo. I think understanding what it was like his creative process with that. I think the only thing that I try to like 
haze out because they like fuck up the vibe of just wanting to listen to it is mostly the the debates on Twitter about you know going from neo soul and I then I hate it gets into another mm. conversation that I plan to have with in terms of the journalism that happened back then and you know what's so crazy is that you know the vibes and the all those those the source the reason why those magazines was created because you know uh, uh, publications like Rolling Stone and uh, back then in Vogue, all them, you know, that covered black artists, they never fully understood that music. So when it's like those artists that came out in the nineties and then they're still going out with their sophomore album, their sophomore album never peaked like they wanted it to because you had, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not saying this because, you know, trying to be, you know, disparaging, but it just was shitty. Like if you look up, like all the articles back then of these artists, they're just they're just horrible takes on, yes. and it's mostly from yeah. white journalists, and they wrote books yep. about it. Like just <clears throat> me reading all these different excerpts and, and and what they would say. Like even going back to like the early '90s with the New Jack mm-hmm. and all those different artists, like even a guy Jody yeah. SWV. They said I read an article. I read a a, a piece of a book. Where this dude said that Jodeci sounded like somebody let their kid brothers in the studio and just play like really like this is this is how you hear this is a white this is what they were writing like this ain't me making yeah. it up like they're saying and then they said oh SWV's week it was lackluster and the human nature it, it's okay like that's white journalism for that time so yes. just imagine yes. if there were like the black journalists of today like me having a publication if we were able to write about these artists in their prime mm-hmm. how much bigger like because if it wasn't for a vibe and source you know telling how you know if they would have even hit platinum status if they wasn't writing about it because yeah. they were the culture and Rollins, they all, yep. and that's why, listen, it goes into so many different conversations. That's why uh, people making a big deal about journalism failing now. It's like, no, this is what happens when you allow these people to write the stories yep. on artists where they're yep. completely blind to what's happening. And they're always yep. late to the culture because they're not tapped into it because they don't want to understand it. Like they don't understand D'Angelo's boot. They didn't understand it back then because they thought it was yeah. like, sloppy and which that's what it was. But that Dilla, Dilla uh, just exactly. pro- reprogrammed everybody's heads during that, yeah. and it's not it's not neo soul. It's not a genre no. that unfamiliar. It's cool in a gang. It's uh, Herbie Hancock. It's it's uh, yes, George Duke. Yeah, George Duke was doing yeah. that on Dookie Stick. Like it's, it's it's so many musicians that already captured that sound. Is because the time period was completely hip hop and R&B sonically where there was no instrumentation. And I told Maxwell this, uh, I, I interviewed him off the record and I was like, dude, I was like, cause most people don't even know his, his uh, that Urban Hanks week was uh, shelved for two years. It came out in 94. Wow. And Columbia shelved it. They shelved it uh, for two years. I mean, yeah, uh, for, for a year until uh, D'Angelo's Brown Sugar and that's when they put it out. Yeah, it was, wow. uh, Maxwell said they shelved it. And then Maxwell, he started out doing house music because he came from, I mean, he's from Brooklyn, but he recorded in Chicago. And so he was doing house music before he did Urban Hanks Week because Nate. Uh, that makes so much um, sense. Nate Robinson, uh, he he's uh, oh, the, the founder of uh, the, the music group uh, entertainment uh, record label that signed MC Light 
he said he was going to okay. sign Maxwell, but he was doing the house. I was like, why didn't you sit? Why didn't why did you sign him? Because I thought it was crazy that he didn't sign right. Maxwell, but he said he was doing house music. And at the time, you know, even though it was in, that just wasn't their market because they were doing hip hop. He said right. if he was doing, right. if he would have brought on Urban Haynes Suite, then. But yeah, it's just stuff like that. You learn mm -hmm. like the marketing with records. And I think because they marketed, and it started with Erica, that's when they started coining it. Keydart started mm -hmm. uh, coining the term Neo Soul, but. It wasn't for that coining that, then I think it would have been more receptive to what he was doing. But all D'Angelo was doing mm -hmm. was just, you know, Funkadelic Parliament. It was just gearing up towards what he was already doing and what Black Messiah is. That's all that is. It's just a precedent of what he yep. did with Buddha. Yeah. People yeah. that, you know, like I said, unmusical whites. Listen, I, I right. talk free on yes. my show. Fuck all that. I, listen, listen, the unmusical white. You follow me. You know. You follow me. You, you I know. Let's go there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's listen, go there. I can't for do real. this with <laughs> Listen, some of them, like, it, it's just for me, it, even with the, the, the bastard that wrote that, uh, the, the old co founder of uh, Rolling Stone, that bastard that wrote that mm -hmm. book that nobody cared about. Yep. Just fuck that book. Right. Talking about the masters exactly. of. Of fucking, I was like, I was like, you got the audacity. Like it's just blatant to where you don't, you just don't want to give black artists credit. And mind you, you came up with Rolling Stone. That was from a black man named Muddy Waters' song Rolling Stone from your favorite artist yes. that took the song and made it his name of their band. But I was like, it's yeah. ironic. You you don't you don't want to credit black artists, but you'll take the name of it to to make your publication. That's that's super yep. ironic. And that and that's the thing. Me. That's the thing me. with them. <laughs> that's that's really the thing with them. Like, even though you don't want to give black artists credit, there is no possible way that we are not going to be the conversation, especially when we're talking about music. Because literally exactly. we created we created all of this. So exactly. I mean, the only the only thing that you know that you have is the power of a narrative, which is why, mm. which is why we see these different things like neo soul. Like I, I do not consider Voodoo a neo soul album because of what you just said. Me like right. you can hear it, and you can very clearly hear its predecessors, like from twenty mm. years ago. Like you can, or like thirty years ago at that time. But you can you can hear the, all those things in the music so what is so neo about it it's more it's more of a continuation than it is like a new thing and i think that mm -hmm. um especially for me that's what i love about black music it's a continuation it's always a, mm -hmm. a circle it's always going to go in a circle what you hear well maybe not now because i don't know what's going on with uh black music now but at a certain point what you heard <laughs> Um, it can it, it has parents, it has grandparents. You can, it can be traced back. It has that lineage. It has that heritage there. Yeah. Um, and so, I, like you know, I, I definitely agree with you. Like, it was a marketing scheme. Um, it was a lazy marketing scheme, honestly. Um, that did more of a disservice to a period of time where um, not only the music of that time should have had more credit but the the artists who inspired that time should have had more credit for for what they contributed mm -hmm. to the baduisms and the mama's guns and the voodoos and mm -hmm. um you know all, all of the music that came out during that time um so yeah i you know it's just that's that's sadly what the music industry has become just lazy marketing um 
And mm-hmm. like I said, the power of narrative, it can, it can shift the conversation um, to wild places into places that ultimately discredit black artistry. And that I'm not with, I, I'm not ever with that. Yeah. Um, I don't care to hear my news or my criticism about black art in general from white mm-hmm. people. Just period, because I mean, there's there's certain entry points and yeah. certain reference points that you just don't have. You don't mm-hmm. you don't get you don't you know you don't hear voodoo and like oh that's quartet, like oh that's devil, mm-hmm. like you don't yeah. you don't hear that because you're not a part of that culture. And I mean that's fine, mm-hmm. you know I don't care. I, I'm not I'm not a part of the whole integration type thing. But you know, given black art, given black writers that opportunity, I wish they had the opportunity to be able to like write about you know, our music of that time. I love now because now, um, well, it's a little dicey with journalism and criticism now, but usually what comes out is from black writers. And I do appreciate that because they just understand, they understand the culture. I I don't, I don't want to hear from a white writer who grew up in the suburbs of Illinois talk about drill, Chicago drill music. It does not make sense. Just because you can do it doesn't mean yeah. you should. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually very specific about that. Um, I'm a person who loves context. And if your context as a person does not match the context of the music, there's no reason I should be listening to you because you're already starting off on a different level. Like you're starting off on the wrong level for me. So, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that for sure. Yeah, it's, it's just a matter of, amplifying the black publications because we don't mm-hmm. and mind you when we do write it, and it's all of the like albumism uh they do album anniversary like i do album anniversaries and talk about i'm starting to get back into it now because uh i'm starting mm-hmm. to get that into you know because i feel like it's important because that whole thing even though i saw the importance of it before because it was certain albums that came out last year i felt like need to, to be talked about and praised but even beyond that just the old co-founder of Rolling Stone saying that it's like this is the perfect time to amplify black journalism, just black publications, because there I can name all yeah. of them like that grape juice, uh, this is R and B. Some of I ain't gonna name all of them because some of them is white on publicate uh publications perpetrating like they know R and B. I ain't all R and B matters. And so listen, yeah. I listen, I listen. Don't let me get messy and start naming names. Y'all know who it is. Right <laughs> on publications that are doing strictly R&B music. That's what I'm talking about. Take it. What Megan yeah. trying to say, the hit dog holler, take it however you want to. I don't care. Exactly. I don't care nothing about that. If you, you, ain't, you ain't part of this culture just because you you write about uh, yeah. SWV and 702 don't mean you know everything about black music or right. cultures. Right, exactly. But that's how they do. They'll yep. come in and infiltrate it and then try to Add on to what everybody else doing and try to tag mm-hmm. along with the oh what do you what do you think is the best album get out of here with that right. it's like they'll take, right. try to take exactly. credit for the stuff that already existed in terms of the online conversation and in complex and all them they do that too where they'll still they steal my tweets all the time they take they take oh, people's yeah. tweets and make conversations about it on Instagram and you know all oh, that yeah. stuff but oh, yeah. just the importance of black publications and we get and the, the sad thing is when we go to interview the 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 A-list celebrities they group us in unfortunately we get grouped in with the gossip uh you know the name I ain't gotta wow. drop them but all the yeah. gossip yeah. but we get grouped in with that so 
when Tyler mm-hmm. the Creator's talking about we, we just want to talk about it. I'm like, yeah, we got podcasts where we talk strictly about music and don't go into your personal life, which I'd rather go to yeah. the complexes than the, the NPRs where these goofy motherfuckers exactly. just got it that day. Mind you, the the exactly. entry level job the freelance writers, they mostly got that on their desk that day. Like they're not paid mm-hmm. to specifically have their own stories. They don't even get to pick their headline and then they get paid maybe a hundred or two hundred dollars per article and don't even get to pick their own shit. I didn't want to go that route. I'm yeah. like, I'm already yeah. a musician. I had the privilege of having a background in the music industry, but I wanted mm-hmm. to highlight my writing. I could afford to start my own publication and that's how I started. And you know, yeah. it's just a matter of which I did the same thing, you know, Rolling Stone, I did the same thing. Because he just had he, but my the difference between that is I actually have a background in music, and people want to actually. Right. It's just like with sports analysts now, to where they're hiring more former athletes. It's like you rather hear a former athlete talk about sports, uh, analyzing right. it on TV versus somebody that was a a, a goofy nerd in school that likes the stats right. and all that stuff. You want to hear from an right. actual player. I actually play mm-hmm. instruments. I actually produce music and write songs, so I know how it's constructed yeah. and so when you get respect and then you know listen we go into it go in so many different directions because it's a lot of ego driven people in journalism that's why i'm not halfway yeah. feeling bad for some of these people get layoffs because they a lot of them are assholes and so i don't respect it so that's i'm kind of i won't that be better real. but you know you know because they no, be trying real. to act like because and we got the same that's the thing we all got the same access to people with with you know mm-hmm. and they, they try to act like you know oh because you get credentials that start like dude you asking for credentials i'm already there at the venue so we we operate on two different right. levels so, you know <laughs> exactly and yes. be bragging or, or being evident yes. that we're not but they try to make it a, a arrogant thing of like oh my my stuff is doing better than yours i'm just trying to like i'm trying to you know get everybody together and Make some money together, but they don't want to make money. Right. Together. I'm talking about all the R&B, the black-owned publications. I'm trying to get them together to make mm-hmm. money, but they be so separate. Right. That's most. That, listen, go so many different directions. Hell, let me let me get back on track because yeah. I'll go on a whole rant talk about these nah, journalists the truth. today. You are you telling know. the truth. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you it's, you it's, talking it's, about D'Angelo's? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Bobby. I need to cut you off. Oh no! And I was just saying, like it's it's a shame. Like I, I really want better for like, especially like what we do for ourselves and like for our music. Like I think it, mm-hmm. we can't operate in the same way that they do, <clears throat> because, again, just that power of narrative. Like we have to know that number one, you know, we don't necessarily have it. Um, and so that should cause us to stick together more <laughs> and not to let ego and like, mm-hmm. you know, right. stuff like that get in the way. Cause honestly, you know, I know what you had to do to get that credential. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I know what you had to do right. cause they asked me to do that thing and I just didn't do it. So, you know, right. you know, let's put the ego aside and like, let's find a way to build together. So, you know, I'm, I'm totally with that. Um, yeah, I'm with that. And it's about the same in the, the music industry. You were talking about you don't know what's going on. Oh, I think yeah. the most of the thing is, I think the problem with it, and I've seen some of these artists say online they're trying to bring Neo Soul back. I would tell them not to do that because 
just like the limitations that put on the artist before you that did that is going to put limitations on you in terms of where you could go. But it doesn't mean that Neo Soul, <laughs> I'm not trying to make it seem like it's a derogatory word, but what I'm saying is it's going to put you in a box to where that's what mm -hmm. it did for those artists. Like what Bilal mm -hmm. did, I wouldn't even consider that Neo Soul because no. he pulled from jazz. No. All these artists never pulled from the same sources. Bilal, of course, Prince, in the revolution, of course, mm -hmm. you of course, of course, of course. Uh, jazz. It had more of a jazz, and I and I mm -hmm. interviewed him, and he said, "Well, I don't know if he still feels this way." He said, "If you call him Neil Soul, he gonna cuss you out." So I don't know if he still feels that way. That was years ago. I'm sure he still feels that way. <laughs> but but sure he, he said that, that I he, right, and he's like, "What I'm doing is from pulling from jazz, and you keep putting me in this category when." When it's mm -hmm. other white artists, you hear them doing the same thing. You call that jazz and all that stuff. Yep. But when I do it, it's Ooh. neo soul. And it's like, and, and Marsha oh, and Rosa said the same thing. I think they just quit. I think they just surrendered to the idea of it and just like, you know, call mm -hmm. me whatever you want to. But I'm going to say it's not a genre. And I'm going to keep saying, right. I need to write an article. Neo yes. soul is not a genre. I keep saying I'm going to do it. Yes. It's yes. just, it's to the new artists, do not fall into that web of, you know, you can be inspired by the D'Angelo's and the Erica's, but you ain't got to label it. Don't label your music, Neo Soul, because that's all, all the no. promoters. Oh, and it goes into a whole subject with uh, touring, with the promoters mm -hmm. and the business. But I think with yep. the music industry, I think it's just people, I think we have to work from those of us with privilege, we have to work work it inside because i think a lot of times we wait for them to give give the go ahead that this is cool and we just have to set the president of okay, you know what's wrong with the music industry they lack mm -hmm. with getting on with streaming and with the residuals royalties then we have I, right. and shout outs to the hundred percenters their uh organization yes. they're actually yes. trying to get legislation passed you know to because that's all it's going to take is being a union that is just going to get to that point where yeah. uh, music yep. industry they're gonna have to form a union because that's the only way we're gonna get mm -hmm. listen we listen we were just talking about this the other like a part of a, a album that did over a trillion on the streams and what was what royalties am i getting from that <laughs> i get paid more as yeah. a podcaster than, than i do on spotify yeah shout out to spotify yeah. though hey listen it's a contradictory thing on my end because yeah. i still get paid through them but not as a not as a writer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my relationship with Spotify is okay. Right, uh, right, right, right. Listen, <laughs> I know your credits, man. You did, you did, you had a fantastic year last year, which we're gonna get to. We're gonna get to your music in terms of perfect segue, Mel. We gonna we gonna skip past that and get straight to okay. <laughs> listen your credits. We are gonna get to the credits. It's important to talk about. You you mentioned uh, when I asked you about your yeah. Uh, just you honing your voice and learning. And you said the Brandy album, Full Moon, and you were talking about just really, really digging into that. In terms of the, the credits that you have now, you got it 2012, 2013, 2014. When, when did that become comfortable for you in terms of like, I got this, like you knowing your style as a, as a producer songwriter, when did that come to you in terms of what your style is? Honestly, maybe about like three years ago is when I really started getting comfortable. Nice. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's it's another one of those like two tiered 
answer things because um we talked you you talked about collaboration and I think I I've just now been able to collaborate with different people. Um at first okay. most of the work that I was doing was by myself. Um I would just be in my mm-hmm. room or I go down to my basement and I'll just write it, sing it. I would mm-hmm. you know do a rough mix, send it off, you know, and just do it that way. Um I really didn't have an opportunity to be in the room with other people. Um mm-hmm. um until like my first writer's camp was for uh, Leslie Odom. We worked out of mm-hmm. George Lucas's uh, studio in, um, in San Francisco. And so being there was so intimidating, number one, because I did not, I didn't know Leslie Odom. Um, mm. <laughs> and it's funny I'm, I'm saying this whole name. I didn't know Leslie. Um, at that time, I actually, uh, I actually made a tweet saying, "Hey, I would love to work with Leslie Odom one day." Um, and I was just, I did that maybe like three times, um, and then he reached out mm-hmm. to me. He was like, "Yo, I got a writer's camp, um, working on my new album. I would love for you to come." And so they've been working. His team had already been working together for his previous album, and so they had just like a rapport and just a relationship that I was really coming in as a new guy. I was coming in as the guy with the least credits. I was coming in with the guy, like I was the youngest, actually the youngest in the room. And so that was just intimidating in itself. And I think collaboration, it really pushes you to like believe in your voice. Um, And that was an exercise of just that. Um, I really had to like trust what I could do because I've done it before. At that point, I've been doing it you know, for a while. Um, and so, you know, just being comfortable enough to say like, you know, these are my ideas. And if they suck, they suck. That's cool. I can go back and write some new ones, like, cause this is what I do. But right. being brave enough to say like, just to put your ideas on the chopping block, it's just really, that's not, that didn't come easy for me. Um, and so I, I feel like just through that whole process, I've been able to, um, to like, you know, just believe in myself and just have confidence in myself. Another example is I did a, I've been doing some uh, writing sessions with Terry Lewis of of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, which Mm. is intimidating in itself because it's Terry Mm -hmm. Lewis. Like, he literally wrote (laughs) like everything under the sun. (laughs) So that that was intimidating, but like being able to like, you know, tell him, hey, that idea is cool, but I think I got a better one. Like that in itself, that's a practice. That's something Mm -hmm. that I had to like practice and be okay with. Or, you know, the opposite. I mean, you know, he asked like, yeah, sing sing your idea for me real quick. And I'm like, okay. And I sing it and he's like, I don't know. It could be better. Go back and do it. And I'm just like, "Uh, okay. Did did Terry Lewis just say my idea suck? Like, cause that's just a different... (laughs) Right, right. <laughs> like, okay, well, maybe I should quit. I don't know. Like, I, I should quit. I'll just go home. Um, and so, you know, just <laughs> I, I, I've just been able to do that in like the last, you know, three to four years. Um, and so, I think that has helped me build just a new, a new level of confidence in myself. Um, to where now in 2024, I'm like, oh, I got this. I can go in pretty much any room and be like. I've done the hard part. I've done the hard thing. And so all I just need to do is just trust myself, trust my gut, and just be open to other people's ideas. I think by me being open to collaboration, it made me 
stronger as an individual because I'm no longer afraid or, you know, afraid of rejection or afraid of, you know, what other people mm -hmm. may think um, about my process, which is something that is, um, which is something I wish more songwriters would talk about, just the difference in processes. Um, some people may write slower. That's not, that's not because mm -hmm. you suck. It just may be because your process is that way. And so, um, yeah, just all of those things, all of those different practices, me, me being able to be in different rooms, writing with people and, you know, just getting out of my own echo chamber, it really just helped me grow into, mm -hmm. um, a formidable collaborator. Um, and so, yeah. Holding on to us, mm -hmm. which, you know what's so thing it's so melodic and it's so I, I i love everything about that song it's it's the the intricacies of how he plays with those notes what was it specific about uh you writing on that 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 uh you could capture that magic in his voice because i i love it it's it's yeah so it's just um, something about it it just it touches Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, I actually love working on that song. Um, I wrote that with um, uh, Sam's Ashworth. He's an incredible songwriter. He's worked with her. Um, he, yeah, he's worked with pretty much everybody. Um, and oh my God, I'm, I'm forgetting his name. I feel bad. But um, I wrote it with another writer. So it was three of us who were writing the song. Um, and honestly, right. I think that was one of the first sessions I did at the camp. And so um, I was still filling everybody out. Um, I was able to like put my, my two cents in and, you know, get a couple of lines off and then help me to kind of like structure the song and structure the melody um, a little bit. Um, and so I, I was super grateful for that, but I will say from that, um, I was able to be in the studio when Leslie was, doing the vocal um and he was you know he knew what i could do so he's like jamel come up to the come up to the uh console and like vocal produce this like you know does it sound good like does mm -hmm. it sound right how i'm doing it da, 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 which was super cool because i'm like you know again we're new i'm, I'm well i'm new um this is a new relationship right. and so i don't want to like impede on your process but if you are asking i think you should do this da, 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 da. Um, and so, mm -hmm. but no, the way, the way that Leslie works, his voice is incredible. Um, his, like, he's so intentional with like how he mm -hmm. delivers a vocal. Um, mm. and so I think I ended up learning more from him, um, than the other way around. Of course I helped him with some melody, mm. some melody stuff that made it onto the album. I thought that was really cool. Um, which, which part? I can kind of. So more so like in the verses. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, so like, like all of those movements. Um, okay. You know what? Like, that dude kind of got a little brandy in it. That, I was wondering that because yeah. I always try to <laughs> capture songwriter styles. It, it has that, that feel to it. So I get yeah, that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, wow. it, it was cool helping them with that part and like going going back and forth and just like coming up with ideas um, mm. for the for the melody and also just for the delivery of it of it. And um, mm -hmm. I, you know, he just he took it and made it 
made it come to life. But yeah, that that song is really cool because it allowed me to not only be in the songwriter space, but it allowed me to showcase what I could do as a you know, as a vocalist, as a vocal producer, like I, I really appreciated him giving me that opportunity specifically um, because I am a songwriter who also vocal produces. Um, I, I, I'm, yeah. I, you know, I think they're both super important, um, which makes sense because LaShawn, yeah, yeah. LaShawn is like my hero. So, um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I picked up a lot of things, um, from him and just his example. And so him giving me that opportunity, especially with that song, and it came out so great. It came out so beautiful. I love that song. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. Man, it's it's just a great song. Man, I wanna play it right now. Hold on, let me pull it up. This this <laughs> song is, is just really great. I, my, mind you, it's like a journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's that it's It's giving me that vibe. It's, he needs, he's he incredible. I, I think I cried. I think the first time I seen him, I was weeping. Like with him and a little app, Aletta Adams. Like I, I, I have to like space out when I watch them because when I listen to Aletta they, Adams, I will literally oh, okay, weep. Okay. Yeah. No, but it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she, she's a whole different concept. She's the pinnacle for me. My top ten. We talk about top ten singers. Oh, she'll have me yes, laid sir. out. I can't. I, I went through is her. That, is that it? Get here. Yeah, I think so. Man, yeah, listen. That's her called... first album is just. Yes, that's what it is. From my first album, I was just listening to that. For the whole, I think. Emotionally, it's just oh god. Mm -hmm. yeah, still the same thing for me. For me, it's like then me into in terms of vocally, because of course I said you know the pinnacle, but it's just something about certain people's vocals. For me, take in any style of this. I think I'll I'll you if you don't people they won't. Into a certain, certain way, like they have to hit those kind of notes, like the you know you had the the seventies and eighties, like most singers they came from the church, so they had a lot of those popular records that sounded like church, like the Melissa Morgans, the Mickey Howards, you know they had those strong vocality, and so certain people's ears is keen to want to sound like that. For me, my ear can bend to anything as long as I can feel what you're singing. I can connect to mm -hmm. it just like with uh, 
uh, journey, like uh, uh, Steve Perry, one of my top favorite vocalists. Like, mm. my if I just had one wow, without yeah. a genre, Steve Perry has the purest vocal I've ever heard. His voice is so mm -hmm. unique. And Asia from yeah. Kendrick, the family soul, like, she just has a pure yes. tone to where it's like, it touches my soul. Like, I, I don't mm -hmm. need you to do all the vocal acrobats and the runs and all. Like, just give me a pure right. vocal. And that's what I feel like a great singer is that knows no placement, that knows where the arrangement is going, that no, understands the spacing in songs. Like, that's why I love Oleta Adams, because the way she de yeah. defines it, because the artist, the singer is supposed to define the spacing in it, like listening to the lyrics, if you got a demo, it's like understanding what everything's doing. Because if you understand the spacing, then you know how to add it. That's why Tony Braxton's in my yes. top. That's why Anita Baker's oh, in my top because yes. they understood spacing and ad libs. That's why their ad libs could just float the way they wanted to. Even okay. uh, the new artist okay. now, I'll, I'll add a new artist. Uh, was it uh, Tamara Shanice from uh, from the Shindellas? Like yeah, the way from she the Shindellas. The homie, yeah, yeah from the way she, incredible. The way she, yeah, the way she floats, like that's what it gives me that, and and even uh, Jasmine Sullivan, we we could go there, we could go oh, yeah. to uh, oh, yeah. this new artist that can float, they could just float with the ad libs, and then uh, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of a new artist. I just saw them last year, but man, her vocals is great. Oh, can't mention, can't can't talk about nobody but Sam or Joy. Uh, uh, Said, what's her name? Uh, Samara Joy. Yeah, Samara Joy. I seen yeah, her. Samara yeah. Joy. Listen, I seen her yeah. at uh, live last year at the Hollywood Bowl. She is the one. Yeah. The vocals, oh, yeah. the way she oh, floats. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. I was like, man, she's she gonna be crazy. another one that's gonna have me laid out at the front row of a concert because yeah, if she put, yep. she put out another album. That's like, oh my God. Yeah, incredible. But yeah, yeah there's so many of them that, that have that ability, you know, and what 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 what's that for you? Like who who's that 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 vocally? I ain't gonna say no no Mount Rushmore because people keep taking that in other podcasts. I ain't gonna say the top <laughs> four of Mount Rushmore. But just somebody like when you hear them, that's singing to you. When you hear them that like like that's the vocality I need to touch my soul. Well, um, so and I know y'all tired of hearing me say these names. Brandy, I, I can't. Oh. Brandy is just <laughs> she. For me, she really reinvented some things in my mind just about singing and placement and just like yeah. what you can do with tone and vibrato, what you can do with runs, like how exactly you can make it yeah. fit. Um, D'Angelo is another one. It's just absolutely unbelievable um and i really don't think enough people give him credit vocally and you know what it's it's funny saying that about d'angelo because i feel the same way about prince i think prince vocally he just does i don't know the way that he just sings and the way that he emotes um the character is yes. character work and like he brings it to life but my my top two of all time of all time um Aretha Franklin and Stevie oh. Wonder. Just, <laughs> just the soul, like the amount of soul that comes out of mm. those people. Like it's, 
it it always and it's it's not just soul but it's like a freedom it's a freedom that they sing with like Mm -hmm. and it reminds me so much and i i guess i mean it reminds me so much of being in church you know um and it makes sense for them specifically because you know they grew up in the church well all four of the singers that i mentioned they grew up in the church and so and just like having that influence um and so they just have that that freedom and it's just like when you listen to them sing it's like they're not thinking they're not thinking much about it like i think the beautiful thing about aretha franklin like she'll just let out a wail and like it just Mm -hmm. it hits it hits Mm -hmm. um it hits your Mm -hmm. soul like how it's supposed to um i will also say sade i think sade has a beautiful voice it's unconventional yes that's it for me yes yeah no no one can do a sade song justice to me like no one because no one has that just that slinkiness and like that vibe like yeah and she has it so effortlessly yeah um anita baker of course in my top um gladys knight incredible ah. Woo! she's so good <laughs> talk it. she's yes, so good Woo. um of course you got to say dunny Hathaway. Man. he also he's another one that has that freedom and that yeah. soul it's in that like, stevie stevie wonder branch it's in yeah. that stevie wonder branch yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 Yep, you can tell he's like, it feels like he's singing to the heavens every time he sings. And I think that's there's yeah, something so sure. beautiful about just having that freedom. We talk about Jasmine Sullivan, um, you know, Karen mm-hmm. Clark Shear is still amazing. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people may not know this person, but Eric Dawkins um, uh, from Dawkins Woo-hoo! and Dawkins. Shout out to him. And Both the underdog, so like, Woo. yeah, he, yeah, that's that's family, and he's just, he's on another level. But like those those type of singers, there's a certain like sophistication that they have, but also just like the freedom that they have to just sing. I think that's just they're able to find that balance so well. And even Leslie Odom, you know, I I love I love his voice. I think um, when he did Forever Young yeah. at the um, I think at Obama's like BET special, um, that's the first time I really just heard mm-hmm. his voice. And just, I think the intention that he gives everything, it's, it really is just, it's, it's great. It's great. Ooh. So yeah, I, I would say those vocalists, you know, plenty more, but off the top of my head, those people. <laughs> I know it's hard doing it off the top of my head. Yeah. I, I've tried to write it, but it's so many of them. Like to me, it's like yeah. certain artists just, it's like when you hear them, they have that signature style voice that just do it for you. Like for me, Ronald Isley, yep. man, and Al Green, it's man. mostly those falsetto voices that I love. I like unique voices where it's like, you know, that's them. Like yes. you hear, like Ronald Isley, Frankie Beverly, like uh, <laughs> oh. even going. Frankie Beverly. Kevin Edmonds, for me, that range. Yes. That, listen, he has yes. the most unique voice. And even, even Baby said that he's the best singer. He said that uh, that yeah. Kevin's a better singer than him. He's the, the best singer in, in their family. That's the truth. <laughs> Edmonds, but it's That's just Kevin. It's that pitch, like the that unique voice. I say him, Jesse Powell. And I want to say Tevin Campbell. Those are probably mm-hmm. the only three that can that's in that pitch that that's in that same pitch. And I want to give a know. shout out to Stokely. 
Stokely is one of my favorites as well. My, yes. Well, my, Stokely is so nasty with it. <laughs> it really yes. is. Yeah. So, yeah. Stokely is Rasan another Patterson. Listen, don't let me get started. All of them. Right all here. of them in that branch. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. And he's in yes. that Shaka. And Shaka is, yep. Shaka to Shaka. me is the pinnacle. And it's like her phrasing, like the way she, like, it was somebody was talking on the internet talking about like she was like a funky Tina Turner and all that. Nah, you trace her back. Get 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 to the youngins under thirty. Get your get your yeah. your your books and stuff out. Get get to that jazz. If you hear Sarah Vaughn, you know that's Ooh. that's gonna oh. connect you that music. We haven't even got to jazz. Oh my god! Right, that's what Sarah I'm saying. Vaughn, Ella, Ella is Ella oh. is up there. Like one of the Ella's. Nancy Wilson. Like, Listen. Nancy Wilson, yeah, uh, yeah, all of that. Natalie, Natalie Cole is Natalie I Cole. Voice. I love her voice. It's the way she could go voice. gospel. She could get as churchy as you want to. She was genreless. She could sing anything. Yeah, yes. genreless jazz. Yep. She can make you she can jazz. She give you that soul. She give you anything. Just but so yeah, good. it's just shocker for me. That Shaka's musical branch is so extensive. When you go from Vesta Williams, you go from Vesta Williams, mm -hmm. that, that all the people that sung background for her, Vesta, yep. uh, Lisa Fisher, you go down that list of, mm -hmm. of just singing mm -hmm. Tony Scruggs. Shout out to Tony Scruggs. I got to get her Tony on Tony Scruggs, yes. She is one of the yes. top best. Yes, yes, yes. Also, uh, Mrs. Wheeler, shout out to her, man. She's mm -hmm. fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love her voice. Yep. Listen. Love them. I think she's married, married yeah. to uh, uh, Will Downing. Uh, oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, she's been singing background, I think, for for some years now. But yeah, that whole everybody that came from the and I add Rasan in there too. Like the way Shaka mm -hmm. uses her voice like a jazz instrument, and it's like, and when I hear artists like Rasan, he does the same approach, the same yep. way. Like he's literally feels like a a, a, a jazz horn in music in human form because the way he can yeah. extend notes. And it's just because he'll start like yeah. just seeing him perform live, live is an experience because he'll start riffing like he's a like a jazz instrument and it's so mm -hmm. just musically pleasing. I mean, just just hearing it and then it's like an ascension. It's just like you just watching yeah. some like godly force just, yeah. just take over the stage. Yep. It's amazing. But yeah. You naming all my favorites. You named all my favorites right there, man. We gonna <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, listen. I want. I want to listen. I'm, I ain't trying to hold you up. I got way more questions, but I'm trying to limit it down because I ain't trying to. Because I got way more to talk about. We are gonna have to save it for the <laughs> thing. The uh, last, <laughs> the last couple questions I got for you before I play the game with you. That I play with all the guests. In terms of okay. like you said, like three years ago, you just now learning your style. What is it for you mm -hmm. in terms of? Not even that if it's a goal or five-year plan or whatever it is, but what what do you see yourself focusing on in terms of like of course your your writing and, and doing vocal producing and all that, but in terms of I know you have you have expressed online, you know, dipping into like doing documentary films and you know, just back yeah. behind the scenes, more behind the scenes. So talk about uh this thing you just created uh when you created it last year in terms of your uh was it called the js creative uh yeah 
JS. Uh, what, JS what, what, what is that? Is that is that the focus creative uh, consulting? Creative consulting. Sorry, JS creative consulting. What is it about? Mm -hmm. uh, is that sort of the fold of what you're doing? The, the main focus is building that up or is it venturing out and doing other stuff as well? So the quick, the quick answer is venturing out <laughs> for sure. Um, okay. I think JS Creative Consulting, um, it is one branch of what I do. So I found mm -hmm. um, through the years that different people would ask me for advice and different people would mm. ask me to like consult them and consult their artists. Um, and that could be just from like the homies that's just making music um, to like labels mm. who want me to listen to their music right. and just give them advice and like help them tweak. Um, and so I noticed mm. that I kept doing it, which is, which is fine for me. Cause I, I, you know, I love music. I love being a part of community. Mm. Um, and I love just being a part of, you know, being able to serve, my community community in that way um but i also noticed that i was doing these things for free so right. you know i <laughs> i had to make it make sense <laughs> at a certain point um mm -hmm. and so yeah that's that's kind of sort of how that came about and you know we offer we offer consulting uh we offer production um and when i say production that's more so like vocal production so if you have an artist who they're trying to find their voice in the studio. They're just trying to find their vocal identity. Um, we, you know, offer that um, as well as songwriting. That's pretty much the main, that's the main thing we do. Um, and um, yeah, that's that's just like one part of what I want to do in the long run. Um, I honestly, I don't, it's hard for me to say that they're long-term plans with that um, because I just think, I think it's good for mm -hmm. the season I'm in right now. Um, because I do want to do other things. I do want to uh, get to a place to where I am, you know, producing and directing documentaries. I'm a huge documentary fan. Mm -hmm. Like, I love music documentaries. I can sit and watch them every day, all day. I just love learning. That's what it really comes down mm -hmm. to. I love learning things that I didn't know. And, you know, I didn't have the pleasure. Like, I, I was born in 1994, so I didn't have the pleasure of, like, learning about things before me, obviously. And so I think documentaries mm -hmm. specifically, more so than biopics, it gives the person an opportunity to um, learn about someone in a very focused way um, mm -hmm. and to where it can also be educational and you know entertaining. Um, and so um, I definitely want to get into that. I always say like, I want to, I <laughs> eventually I want to end up like Questlove. Questlove is like, my career like icon like if there was someone i would say i want that career it would be quest love for me um because same. being able to say yeah like yeah being able to talk to these people who are just like legendary and you know they're just like the iconography of these people is just off the charts mm -hmm. um uh i think that's incredible i, I think I'm a person who is very much, um, I'm, I, I wouldn't consider myself a futurist. I'm not really that interested <laughs> in learning about or in trying to like discover an, or unearth the future. I don't really care too much. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I'll find where I exist there, but I just have such mm -hmm. a connection to what was um, and just the people who helped build what I get to 
freely be a part of. I think there's just something really cool about that. And I think that that's because of my grandfather, honestly. Um, growing up, he he was the one that put me on to like Earth, Wind and Fire and like Curtis Mayfield and um, George Benson and Grover Washington. Like he was the one who was like, yo, do you know these people? I, re I always remember he's like, who, he asked me randomly, he's like, who invented rock and roll? And me, stupidly, I said Elvis Presley. And he was like, oh, oh man, <laughs> absolutely. Like, Let me school you real quick. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, he was like, no, Chuck Berry, take this, listen to it. And the next time I see you, right. number one, give me the correct answer when I tell you, well, when I ask you. And number two, right. we're going to talk about this music. And so that just became a practice. Um, Earthman and Fire, they're one of my favorites of all time because of him. Mm. Um, we really connected with the All in All album. And so All in All is one of my favorite albums of all time um, because it makes me think of my grandfather a lot. Um, and just us, our conversations that we would have just talking about music and talking about soul music and just the history of music. The reason I'm able to do this is because years ago, these guys did this. And I think that's, I think that's beautiful. I think that's like super interesting. Um, and you know, I'm just a nerd for it. Like I passed Electric Lady Studios when I was in New York and I had a, I had a come apart. Yeah. So I'm like, the amount of music that <laughs> right. was in this <laughs> that, yeah, that, was in, that happened in these walls it's incredible right. like exactly. and i'm 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 one of those people who's like super appreciative of those things and so um i think i'm able to kind of have all these passions manifest through documentary work um and so i would love mm -hmm. to, i would love to you know get into it um you know one day but yeah, I think that's that's a clear cut uh, path for someone like me, <laughs> Questlove. Right. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna you just you just said something that's I gotta tell y'all for it. Like some stuff, like I don't mind sharing on here, but some of it ain't for everybody for public consent. It's in house stuff we gotta keep in house. You. But I'm gonna rap to you after you. we get off here because you just said something. Right. Listen, I'm gonna rap with you when we get off here, but. What you just okay, said, good. that's that's the thing, right? Uh, the thing as a kid, like for me, that's all we did was watch TV. Like, uh, once again, for the kids under 30, when you was a kid in the 80s and 90s, <laughs> you either had mm -hmm. if you didn't have cable at your house, you was outside, it was optional yes. to watch TV <laughs> at my house, but I preferred to watch TV, like, as long as I did my homework, which I did, I never had homework because I would do it at school because. My, my thing was exactly. I wanted all my free time was listening to music. Mm -hmm. That's and, and, and you just talking about documentaries and talking about your grandfather. That was my experience too. Cause back in the day, mm -hmm. we didn't have control over the radio in the car. So it's whoever car right. listening to the music. And so my concept of music, like, you know, I didn't realize what was new music until I watched TV. Like I thought <laughs> the Commodores was new. I thought that was <laughs> Right. So my concept of time, because that's all, because um, 
the R&B stations that I grew up listening to, because I'm from Oklahoma, we got mostly Texas mm-hmm. radio. And so the R&B mm. stations, oh, okay. unless you was like a, unless you was like a SWV, like a really, really famous, mm-hmm. I mean, really, really popping right. 90s act, they mostly played, played 70s and 80s music. So it wasn't, no, mm-hmm. that's what was constantly played. So when I would get in one car, like my grandpa, he listening to Sam Cooke, Bobby Womack, the Blackbirds, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Yeah, all the 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 sixties and seventies music, and my grandmother, she's mostly devoted in the church, so she's she she would listen to some R and B, but it got to be like smooth R and B, like Marvin Gaye and stuff like that. Right, and, but right, most right. of it was just gospel, like like I said before, Shirley Caesar, uh, the Hawkins singers, uh, mm-hmm. who else? All all the all the the legendary got uh, the Clark sisters, all that. And then mm-hmm. when I get in the other car, my uncles they're in their twenties and the nineties, so we listening to. Yeah. <laughs> DMX, we listen to DMX, we listening to, you know, all the hottest pop. And then other, my aunt, she's listening to 80s music. So I'm getting Bon Jovi, George Michael. uh, Yeah, yeah. The the Melissa Morgans and the R&B. She's mostly 80s pop. So I'm getting a lot of Journey. I'm getting a lot of Chicago. I'm getting a lot of Hall of Notes. Toto. I love Toto. Yeah, Toto. Yes, absolutely. But yeah. When you said documentaries, like watching TV, like most of my information, like wasn't like it's, we didn't have the internet, so it was me watching it on TV. Like why mm-hmm. they would show documentaries on TV, and I would just absorb it because I had a photographic memory. So all the the music history that I learned is just in my head. Like I would watch, like uh, when BT started to do BT hers and stuff like that. Like when they would do the, mm-hmm. you know, the sets where. They would have like an R&B singer that put out an album and they would do their classic work and then work in music and the little tidbit yep. information they would give. I would just absorb it and it just would continue on as an adult and yeah. I would just keep it in there. Like when they did Raphael, when Raphael dropped Stone Rolling, mm-hmm. uh, moving down the line, when he was getting ready to perform that, he said that inspired, he just heard that line in the Marvin Gaye song, Trouble Man. I remember that because, you know, mm. like I said, I got photographic memory, so it's just in my mm-hmm. head. You're not gonna look on Google and find that. I just right, retained right. it because he said it. You know, just like with, uh, right. uh, I got these DVDs during COVID, uh, during quarantine called Midnight Special during the outtakes, mm. uh, Russell Tompkins Jr. from the Stylistics, he said his favorite oh, singer wow. of all time was Dion Ward. Uh, and oh. that, High oh, pitches Lord. and that falsetto is him mimicking Dion. Like, yeah, I can. And she's one of my favorites. And so I never made yeah. that connection till he said that. And so now every time wow. I hear a stylistic song, it's like that pitch. That's absolutely Dion Ward. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Blew my mind. And it's just me yeah. watching. You know, either just outtakes of you know the singer, just like with Gladys Knight, your favorite. She said she wanted mm-hmm. uh, Stevie Wonder. She said she hassled Stevie Wonder for till you come back to me. She wanted Aretha's oh, until wow. you come back to me. And I was like, I was like, that's interesting. I didn't, but yeah, she's on wow. record saying that that she wanted that song, but mm-hmm. it was for Aretha. And you know, yeah. but yeah, yeah, she wanted that for herself. Yeah. But yeah, it's just learning stuff like that. It just you know, you try to teach the young. Like I said, we go in so many different directions. These new kids now is like. They can't just absorb because back then we would just absorb it and it would they gotta present the information like it's brand new. They're like they say, hey, did you know Outcast, you know, they're really great 
uh, freshman uh, debut album. I'm like, yeah, we all bought it. It went triple platinum. Yeah, that's sort of how that works. <laughs> yeah. You know, when we were, we were there you in 93 when it came out. So, yeah, yes. we were all there. So, they're like, hey, did you yeah. know Queen Latifah? She actually sung. Yeah. That's kind of how, how yes. she came in doing singing and rapping on her album yeah first album you know living single yeah. but theme song she yeah. did that like she did we, the theme we song. Yeah. Really, you know yeah these young yeah yeah it was somebody on the internet yesterday i think they were t- talking about it was just like they were like yes south the the south don't really got good hip-hop and it's like somebody born in 98 it's like what what's going on where are we at right now why do y'all have accounts why can't we go back to i just take this all the time. We just need to get small dosages of bullying on Twitter and it will change the whole dynamic. I'm just waiting for yes. y'all to get a go ahead because I'm ready to get back to because we've been letting it slide for years. We've been letting y'all sit at the grown folks table but now it's like y'all, y'all gotta hush. It's just I need everybody to hush. But, everybody but ain't supposed know, to have a music opinion. Right. But like you know I, I always say like there's a shift that happened in black music when like in the early 2010s when pop or like when edm that whole thing like took over because i grew up again Mm -hmm. i I love when the air the era that i grew up in because Mm -hmm. it was still like receptive to all these different sounds like r&b was Mm -hmm. it's not pop music but it was super popular um and so, but you also had like pop music. You had, you know, melodic pop music and rhythmic pop music. Um, then you also have like rock and alternative music. Like all of these things were happening at the same time. There wasn't much of a like, you know, just this group over here. But, and then you also had hip hop, you know, doing this thing. Um, and so I was able to hear like everything. And I'm one of those people who is like, you know, if it catches my ear, I'm I'm hooked on it. Like I'm researching, mm-hmm. you know, um I'm researching credits, I'm researching like the backstories. I want to see how you made the album, mm-hmm. where you made it. And I think number one, that's a specific type of person. Like I feel like we're a specific type of people who like look for that information. Even now when I'm listening to Quest Love Supreme, I'll have Google ready to like, you know, type in the name, you know, mm-hmm. cause I mean I I'm not saying that I, I know everything because I don't. Um, right. I wasn't around for a lot of stuff. Cause I, again, I came in 1994, so I missed a lot of stuff, but just that thirst for knowledge, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm that person. I just want to know um, because I think it's mm-hmm. important. Um, I grew up, you know, BT Wars, you had Usher, Michael Jackson, and James Brown make an appearance in the same night. That's three different, mm-hmm generations of music that all i mean all inspired each other so mm-hmm. just that concept of lineage um it's just something that i'm mm-hmm. i'm all about like i'm super into it um i love hearing artists mm-hmm. and i'm like okay i know i know who inspired you i can tell mm-hmm. um and i know who inspired the artists that you're inspired by you know like that all of that stuff is really cool mm-hmm. um and i think there's been a disconnect that's been happening um with a lot of music listeners now that you know truthfully you know people who are like 30 and 30 and i guess over you know we had the benefit mm-hmm. of like really being in in the culture of just knowledge and just like mm-hmm. if we didn't know something we were gonna we were gonna look it up you know um 
Yeah. And also the information wasn't that far from us. I think what's happening now is like, you know, kids are like, this information seems so far out of reach. So instead of looking it up, I'm just going to make up a new, I'm just going to make up new information. And that's how we get the like, mm-hmm. did you know, like all the random did you know? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we knew. And you could actually know it too if you yeah, Google it. Like you have, you have Google now. Right. So you could really, yeah. you know, you could do better by yourself. And that's the thing. But, you know. Yeah. It's just, I, I found out what it was and I'm going to do a panel talking about it. I got to, I got to orchestrate it and, you know, get it organized, but it's, I talked about it before on my past radio show, but stand culture is basically a cluster of people with insecurities that project their insecurities onto their favorite artists. That's yeah. all it is. They're not music fans. Yeah. There's a difference between no. a stand and a music lover. A music lover, like you said, like yourself that searches and just wants to enlighten themselves a mute uh mm-hmm. stand they think they know everything they're going to try to tell you and, and and you know what's so crazy they get to the point now to where they try to use the lingo like they know what it is and they don't know like they'll use like 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 what <laughs> songwriters what producers do like oh you know the top notes and uh oh mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they use, try to use the vocabulary like they know what's going on. Oh, she changed key there. Oh, that. No, no, she didn't. That's an octave. An octave is not a that, key. See that? The, the and this is where I people hate. like me come in. Ooh, yeah, yes. go ahead. That's what they do. No, that's, And I got to yeah, come in and the, check That's it. the one I hate. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, I love that and harmony. It's like, like, you mean that stack? <laughs> like, they're singing yeah. on top of me. It's not much of a harmony, you know. It's, yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. But that's what it is. It's like, and you know what I noticed that? Because that's the thing. Because when we were coming up, we didn't sit and analyze music like that. We just took in everything. No. Of course, you yeah. hear all this stuff, but we're not using the language because we're not journalists. Or I wasn't looking at myself like a yeah. writer and journalist at fucking 10 years old. I just was absorbing right. a lot of right. music and... It's just, of course, when you get older and you study it, you know, me becoming a musician, mm-hmm. of course, I studied it. But that ain't regular language we were using, you know, unless you were professional, which I wasn't. I was a novice. Right. You learn and take in information. But the problem is they don't want to just take it in. They want to try to tell you. And this is where the problem is, because I actually do this for a living. So there's nothing you could possibly tell me about music. And it ain't me being arrogant. It's just that. I make yes. a living doing it. So what you perceive something to be versus my reality of what it actually is, is two different things. Mm-hmm. It's just like with yep. uh, with these whole headlining, like what they did with Anita Baker trying to, you know, when that whole baby face thing going, y'all have no idea yeah. what a touring contract looks like. So if you look at no, the no. flyer, it said they were getting mad because she was calling him her special uh, actor, uh, opening actor, something like that, and they were like, "Yeah, he he's a he's a multi Grammy award winning." Yes, those are all true, but that's not and what his contract says. Act. So, it's <laughs> like, yeah. nothing wrong with being an opening act. That's no, a big tour. Really? That's an arena tour. If you, that's yes. why they, I, the, 
people like that I don't fucking like even conversing with on the internet because you don't even realize mm -hmm. anybody that's on those tours are going to make a lot of money, whether or not. Right. Right. And then they don't know the difference between a spot date. Once again, yes. always bring it up. Spot date versus touring. Two totally mm -hmm. different things. Yes. But yet you're going to try to yes. sit here and tell me what these two things are, which you don't, don't make a living. You've never made a living doing this, but you're going to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to try yeah. to tell me what this is, a person that does this and know these yeah. contracts and what it looks like. It's, it's, I, I, it's just the audacity that some of these people have. It's just I would never That's be like. Is try to tell a, a nursing like hey this is how you get your <laughs> your license i don't know shit about a rn or any of those Listen, acronyms i wouldn't but I, that's like me getting on the internet like hey this is how you get your nursing degree this is how you do it my, right. i don't know nothing about it but i'm just pulling shit out my ass just to <laughs> just to yeah. act like i know some shit just to act like i know something if i don't know something exactly. i don't know something and I'm not gonna sit and right. pretend like I do, but that's what, and then people like me gotta be the bad person be like, no. Like they try to tell me what uh, uh, the Doobie Brothers, uh, what a fool believes that he changed key. I'm like, no, he didn't. That's called an octave. That's not yes. a key change. Yes. And so, yeah, I will embarrass yes. you. I'm at the point now where I, I wanna get back to the old days where we was making, we was, Absolutely. Doing small doses of bully and where we deleted your account. Like that's that's why I don't want to get to it. Because if I get back on the internet like I used to, you're gonna delete your account because uh, I'm sick of it. It's like at this point, <laughs> I'm not it, we need y'all accounts deleted. We need Twitter, uh Elon Musk and his weirdness. We need him to get this under control because musical Twitter is getting on my nerves now. Cause if if I see one more conversation, hey, did you know or we don't give enough credit to or you know who's uh underrated? Oh, These people call DMX right. underrated, and I'm over it. Like, get me out oh, of this. Oh my god! I'm out of the chat. <laughs> like, we, we, we can I can't be on the same internet as these people. And I want y'all to quit retweeting yeah. them on my timeline because this is getting on my nerves. It's, it's, so too, it's too much. It's too much. I'm like, honestly, I have like, no it's... more patience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like what you said. Like, just self awareness. The the collective self-awareness of America is just like in the trash. And, you know, especially, you know, and I hate to be the person to like pick on younger generations. Cause honestly, I think millennials kind of do the same thing too. Um, yeah. But just the self-awareness to say, Hey, I am a novice. is such a hard thing for people to do. I'm like, it's not a bad thing for you not to know. It really isn't. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's an opportunity to learn and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but when you're, when you're deepening in conversations with, you know, experts or professionals, there is a certain humility that you need to have. Don't come to the table acting like you know everything because you don't. And then that is a great setup for you to get embarrassed. We're now in a time yeah. and in, in a culture where, you know, embarrassment is not, there's not much shame. Um, so mm. people will say stupid stuff. And like, even if they get corrected, you know, they'll, you know, say something to like deflect. And I'm like, no, I need you to, I need you to feel this. Like, I need you to understand what I'm saying. Um, so you can right. just be better. Like, I, I, I think there's just not much investment in being better, like in being smarter, like smarter people. Cause I think if there was, we wouldn't have such a hard time 
you know, being novice about things and, you know, social media gives people the opportunity to just like, number one, speak when they're not spoken to. <laughs> and number Ooh. two, when they do speak, That's it's right. not, it, it's, it's clear why we weren't talking to you in the first place, because you're coming here with a certain level of ignorance. You can't really keep up with the conversation. Um, and right. so, you know, I'm just, I'm just like, come on, man. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be all yeah. that. You know, a lot of these things, it's just for like, it's just social media, like marketing, like, yeah. you know, just to try to get some type of engagement, which is a whole other thing. It's just, I feel it's stupid. Like, I, I don't think, I don't think most of that is needed. Um, but again, when you can like, when you can modify and like capitalize on being a social media, like going viral, then that turns into something else. People start to make up stuff so that they can have engagement. And I'm just like, at that point, let me yeah. just block you. I was easy. Yeah, it's to tell. Yeah, it's just it's just a matter, like I said, distinguishing between stand culture versus a music lover. Mm-hmm. My thing mm-hmm. is the also the problem is comparison. It's like artist comparison. If you compare yeah. artists, you're not a music lover because that's no. never been. Even when we started out on Twitter, when we talked about music, we was like, oh, this artist is better. We never did that. It, it just yeah. became a new thing now where these people want to make their art. Like I said, the insecurity they want to. And, mm-hmm. and mind you, most of the time, these art, they'll find somebody new and they'll be like, oh, they're underrated. How are they underrated? And you just said you just started listening to them on last Tuesday. How how they are right. underrated? They just put out an album. <laughs> it's just like you're already projecting. <laughs> Yeah, yes. just started putting out an album. Like, look, they underrated. Ain't nobody talk about this album. It's like, and then it's like, once again, it gets to the conversation of ignoring the black publications because why the hell are we writing these album yep. reviews if you just gonna sit here and say R&B is dead every five months? Like, stop with that bullshit. It's exactly. Just annoying. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. for me, the just distinguishing. I think if we just rid out those people that perpetrate as music lovers. Because anytime mm-hmm. you fix your mouth to compare artists of, oh no, they better than this artist because they sold this many records. Even bringing up album sales, Ooh. like what what, what, oh, what year are we in right now where people still worry about album sales? What when 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 has this been? A they don't even exist. Two thousand nine. Like album right? sales don't even exist. Like please shut yeah. up. Like, <laughs> like, we're yeah, all like, streaming. Still worried about like, that. Please. Yeah, exactly, and it's. Yeah, it's just uh, getting those people that perpetrate as music lovers because that that shit they did with Patty Labelle and boy that shit had me hot. I was about ready to slap. I was oh like, first IP address that. How dare you talk to our elders that way? It was one talking crazy. The Nita Baker reason why she wanted Babyface off, the tour. and I get the the what she was trying to do. I got it completely. She just wanted him to smooth it out with. But apparently he wanted it to happen because he didn't say nothing. But either way, right, you know. Right. But that, the people, I saw them tweets. I was like, sir, it was one dude talking to her crazy. It's like, I want to know who your mama is. I want to know your watch whole family. Watch your watch mouth. Your mouth. Who, are, like, who are you talking to? Like, this is a grown woman. She is not in charge of Ticketmaster. <laughs> she is not in charge of Ticketmaster. That, you got a whole website to go to the, 
to air your grievances with the people responsible exactly. for giving you your ticket. Exactly. She is not responsible for that. Oh, yeah, that shit had me hot. And it, it's annoying. Oh. Yeah. Those people like that, them are the ones I want to get off the internet talking about, oh, he does he sells way more albums. Who are you people? Who are y'all? Why does that even matter? Who sit up and say, what, oh, what? right. But these are the people not that are the standing. They do that. I'm like, <laughs> right. It's like, leave that stand culture shit with the pop acts. Don't the reason why I got offended because they did it during Black Music Month. Don't you dare bring that stand culture bullshit. Yeah. So I, because it's bad enough we don't get uh, the black artists don't get no respect as it is. Exactly. Exactly. We gotta get one that, month to get some black music respect. You gonna do this during Black Music Month and you gonna disrespect our legendary artists? You don't do that. Now that shit right there it's, it's, is like y'all about to get much. me back on Twitter fingers again because this shit get too too much. Y'all getting out of control. <laughs> I'm about halfway ready to get yeah. a switch and get old school with y'all and start popping hands. Listen, last year, y'all need y'all behind with. You could, yes. Listen. You can listen to my my solo episodes where I cussed everybody. I cussed everybody out, especially the aunties, <laughs> disrespecting even the Sukiyadas and the Meg Stallions. I cussed them out too. Let them do what they want to do. Quit acting like the old y'all say was scared of a <laughs> of a documentary about Freak Nick. Y'all was the same ones get mad at that thinking y'all y'all auntie Carlos exactly about to get, <laughs> about to get ousted listen, on, on the documentary. <laughs> On the summer jam screen, listen, like, Beverly, you about to fight, right? <laughs> Beverly, Beverly, you about to see Beverly on top of that Chevy Caprice <laughs> popping it back, to Uncle Lou. That's what you about to see. Y'all scared of that? That's who y'all scared oh my of. God. Where about your? Right. Where about your mama? <laughs> where about your mama, Carla, on top of that '89 Cutlass Supreme? That's who you need to worry about. Okay, <laughs> quit worried about me. Let they make their money and do what they listen. supposed to do. Yeah. Oh, it go. Listen, we go so many directions with this. It's with those, and no disrespect to the the hip hop purists, but trying to act like they're a devastation to black community. I need that shit to stop because we ain't gonna sit here and act like pop that pussy. Let me see do the brown with something eclectically great for Black America. We not fixing to do that. It's like nah, they wasn't that bad. No, we was y'all was was, pop that pop that Gucci bomber. Y'all was doing all of that in. (laughs) 95 and 96. Stop playing. Yeah. Yeah. I I just want the hypocrisy of, and then it goes into respectability and trying to align with whiteness, which I am never with. Anything that aligns with what white people are thinking, you can miss me with all that shit. I do not care. Respectability politics. Listen, you're not about to equate me. And mind you, I, I'm into all that music because most people, they think I'm just into soul music or certain artists. Mm-hmm. They don't know that mm-hmm. I have like mm-hmm. different spans. Like, Listen, I, I don't mind making the stallions and, you know, even though that ain't my demographic, you know, let the young ones live. That's what they do. You know, let the young ones do what they do. Yeah. That's, if I was in my early 20s, I'd be talking just like that. I was like, she rapping a whole lifestyle. Right. It's context. It's a time and a place for I everything. <laughs> like, yeah, come on. It's, like, like, let, it's, let it's all good. Absolutely. It's all good. Yep. But yeah, uh, the last one, listen, we're going so many dudes. I love talking to you, man. You got me so hyped up. I'm talking about so much <laughs> this is, stuff. But this is last thing, <laughs> I got to come back. Last, listen, listen we go, I'm going to have you back, man. We're going to have a panel. I'm going to have you yes. back with another panel. We're going yes. to listen. The panels get very, Please do. very turned up, Mel. They, they get very, yeah. very, very crazy <laughs> on here. I try to bet. 
and I'm on my podcast, so now I'm not on live radio, mm-hmm. so I can say whatever I want to. So we get kind of nice. crazy when I get nice. guests. So, <laughs> but <Yeah>. my last <laughs> one, this one, <laughs> uh, I always quote this. Uh, Rick James's autobiography book Glow is one of my favorites. I love what they did with the documentary too. Uh, a mm-hmm. couple years ago, they they put on Showtime, mm-hmm. but. I always quote this from his book and it and uh, it was so great. I hate people always limit him to just the Chappelle show because if they watch the documentary or read that book, that dude was so inept and just had such a understanding of how music was in totality and just his journey mm-hmm. of music, like just in the seventies before he even started with just yes. himself is just a, like that could oh, be a biopic just for that. Yes. His yes. knowledge of music, right, and it's just his knowledge of music. It was a portion in the book I always quote, and uh, before he said this quote, he was analyzing his peers during that time, like Bob Dylan and just those folk mm-hmm. artists, like during because that was heavy into the seventies uh, folk mm-hmm. music, and that's what he was playing whenever he a walled and went to Canada, and you know mm-hmm. tried to get back in the states and start making music. He was like, you know, in the doors, he was like analyzing and like, oh, they could be a little bit better at this. They could do just critiquing it in a musician way. And he was just analyzing Mm -hmm. like, this is what they're doing wrong. This is how they should do it. And he said this quote, he said, I need more funk in my folk and more fire in my rock. When he said Mm -hmm. that, that shit just bounced out at me and it it clicked. It clicked because I knew exactly what he was saying. What what does that quote mean to you when when you hear that? What does that mean to you when you hear that? So <clears throat> I actually love that quote um, because I think that's how I how I I share those same critiques <laughs> usually, um, mm-hmm. and I think for me specifically, it's because of just of how I was raised, and so I think I look for specific things um i look for the soul in things i look for the funk in things a lot of times because um i think specifically with black music we have kind of like gone away from that uh which is unfortunate um and because we've gone away from that i feel like white music or white artists of kind of white artistry has kind of gone from that too um but yeah i just I, i think it's just the insertion of blackness or what we consider blackness, what we consider dear um, to what we do as an artistry or like what comes inherent for us. And I think for him specifically, Rick James, you know, he was, he's funk all day and you know, he's fire. Oh my God, he's Mm -hmm. fire all day. Um, And so I Mm -hmm. think it just comes down to his context as an artist i think it comes down to his context as a um as a person as a music lover um and what he holds dear um you know in music or what he you know holds a value in music and so you know i think because i think with everybody it may be it may be different for you know everybody but when you listen to music there are certain things that you listen for um mm-hmm. and even though some things are good like some things are cool like 
there are some songs I listen to. I'm like, oh, this is cool. This would be even better if they went here, or mm-hmm. if this had like, if this was heavy, or if this was like more soulful, or if it was like, you know, more funky, mm-hmm. or like if they really leaned into those things that um, make a song go from seven out of ten to like a ten out of ten for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. so I think that quote is just him, you know. For other people, it give it gives people the opportunity to um, get to know Rick James as a musician or as a music lover and like what he what he holds of value. Um, and you know, I think for him, that's what he did. Like you know, he <laughs> he made his own mm-hmm. requests known in his own music, which is why you get a certain feeling from his music, which is why it has that you know, it's fiery at times. Um, and, you know, even with the ballads, it's like, it's just that, that passion, um, that passion there. Um, and, you know, he's able to build on top of folk music and, you know, rock music and funk and kind of just like make it all come together. So, yeah, that's that's what I think he was he was going with that. Um, I feel like it's different for every everybody, just depending on what you, uh, listen for music but i think when he listens to music that that's what he wants to hear and so you know yeah and it and mostly just how you feel i i feel like when i hear that when i interpret that it was like um uh, he needs to feel it at all times yep. and, I, and like you said that's how i feel music it's like to me there's like three elements of music because i feel like so music so music is genreless i say it all the time Cause it's like when I hear mm-hmm. Hall of Notes, when I hear mm-hmm. Journey, when I hear Chicago, when I hear the Eagles, that's so easy to me, but I don't Ooh. equate it to a genre. It's just, you know what I mean? It's just genreless, you know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. and it's like three it's elements to me. It's like sonically the, yeah, three elements to, to music for it to, to be right for me. And I use that with writing. It's my, it's my, you know, stickular, my rule of regulation with analyzing music. Three elements: mm-hmm. the vocality, the lyrics, and the production, whether it's sonically or live instrumentation. Those three elements mm-hmm. have to align. And if one is off, I feel like the whole song. It could be great. It could mm-hmm. be, you know, like you said, you can nitpick little stuff, but I don't think it would be complete yeah. if one of those elements is off. It can be mm-hmm. okay. It can be, you know slightly above mediocrity uh, mediocrity, but you know i don't think you know it's complete unless all those three things align because when all three hit it's like this right here this one this song right here when the elements hit this right here It has to hit me like that. For sure. Yeah. Or it's not, it's just certain things about when you hear music, it's just that that element, it just has to be there. And I don't think it's artists like like this one. Like we can go even go here. As soon as you hear that line, you know what it Mm -hmm. is. (laughs) 
So does it come in? You know what it is. It sounds like this. You know what it is as soon as it come on. Yep. I ain't got to sing no more. There's so many songs with, with no fast intros to where oh it's God. like, it's like you you don't yeah. even have to express. Listen, I'm doing some old Steve Harvey 2000 shit. Look, this is right here. Intro. Come on. Man. You know what it is, so let's hear the intro. You know what it is, so come on. Or no, what about this? Listen, we going to, I'll go through my whole playlist. What about this right here? <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. I just simply want to know who do you play on? Who do you play more on your playlist? It's uh, basically the rules of the game. You have to pick what I pick. That's pretty much the rules of the game. Uh, okay. Know, <laughs> and so noted. <laughs> yeah, it ain't too. It's not too hard or whatever. But okay, the first one is Marvin Gaye or Teddy Pendergrass. Uh, Marvin Gaye. Okay. Next one, the OJs or the Whispers. <laughs> Ooh. 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 I would I would say the whispers. <laughs> I'll probably okay. give them a little edge. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Listen. Okay. Okay. The next one, Rick James or Prince? Prince. Okay, those are all trick ones. Either way, you would have went, but you get bonus because you picked the whispers. Most people pick. <laughs> most people pick the OJ okay. and uh, Marvin Gaye and Prince. But if you would have picked, okay, uh, okay, I'm kind of leaning towards uh, back to Marvin sometimes because you know when I go past the discography, it's like sometimes I go there. But either way, I can go with it. But if you would have picked Teddy, yeah. Whispers, Rick James. You got you got bonus, so you get bonus twenty five because you picked the whispers. Because what? Okay. okay. Listen, we're not about the play more games with the whispers. You understand what I'm saying? Listen, don't Listen. make me pull up. I'm gonna have Rob pull it up in the audio. I'm tired of playing music. My my battery about to uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have Rob pull it oh up in God. audio. He gonna play some whispers yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah. But mm-hmm. God dog, all them dang old songs. Is it good to yeah. you? In the mood? Come what? on. Yep. Olivia, yeah, listen, we're not about to keep playing these games. Listen, got the hits, okay? Understand? Yes. They ain't playing no games. But I, but, but, yeah. but I do love the OJs. Way, I yeah. do love the OJs as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. 
That's why yeah. I go either way with it because the OJ's yeah. what different Walter, energies, but man, the way he started the one. Walter is the one. Yeah, for sure. Listen, we're going to play some OJs right here, too. I ain't gonna, Like I said, I ain't going to play no more music, but that the way he sings Dollar Dollar Baby, the way he starts that off. Ooh. Yes. Come on. My sweet and tender love. It got Gamble and Huff with that arrangement. Oh, my God. Don't let me. The ghosts. Listen. The ghosts. Shout out to Gamble and Huff. <laughs> yes, yeah. Gamble and Huff. We're not gonna play no games, but but yeah, mm-hmm. either way you would have went with it. I kind of put y'all on a roller coaster ride because now we're at the part of the game where we're at the top of the roller coaster, and you gotta get okay. all these right. This is where the title of the game comes in, or you get a what's wrong with you. You gotta get all these right to get a what's wrong with you. So no pressure at all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just have to say that I, I make up the rules as I go. So uh okay. it's however I'm feeling, you know. So I don't know where I'm gonna go with mm-hmm. it. It's just whatever the energy y'all. So, woo, okay. okay. I feel like I feel like I know where you're gonna go with this. Okay, this one is Michael Jackson specific. Off okay. the wall or thriller? Off the wall. Okay, you talking right? I felt like you was gonna go that way. You talking all the way right? I will accept thriller. Okay. I can accept what keeps you from getting what's wrong. If you can. If you pick Thriller, if you don't say "Baby Be Mine" or "Baby Be Mine," the joints from baby there, be, ooh, yeah, if baby you don't, be if you don't name at least you gotta name the cuts from there. I only the hear singles, the, the Caucasian. The singles don't do it for me. The singles you, don't do it. If you go with the Mayo, the Mayo versions of the songs, uh, uh-uh, uh, nah, Mm-mm. we ain't getting no Mayo thrillers. Even though Mm-mm. you know it's good sing along songs and karaoke, I feel you, but yeah. nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, yeah. not going to overlook. Yeah. Listen, I'm just saying. Off the wall got yeah. all the... It ain't got... Thriller is great, but it ain't got... I can't help it on it, okay? It ain't got that on there. It ain't got nothing to do Yeah, just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, just funny. So, off the wall. We go there, yeah. too. Off the yeah. wall wins. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Okay, I feel like I know where you're going to lean towards this next one. Okay. Uh, Miss Aretha Franklin or Miss Patty Labelle? Aretha. I love Patty. I knew you. Patty's incredible. I I love her voice, but Aretha. Listen, I get it. I knew you was going that way. I could tell the way you said. Uh, you you mentioned her earlier about your pinnacle, and of course, she's absolutely. You know why? Yeah. Why? This is, I don't pick her because you're supposed to pick Patty on that one. Unfortunately, you didn't pick what I picked. I want you to pick okay, Patty. That's the reason why, <laughs> listen, the reason why is because I get tired of y'all. I get, to, well, no, not y'all. I ain't going to include you in that, but they be going with tape stuff. It's just like with the Prince. It's like you giving me the 80s Purple Rain. I need y'all to go past the discography of the 80s of Prince and the discography yes. of Amazing Grace. In the 70s, Aretha, like I loved all that. Oh, yeah. Jazz covers oh. the standards, love it. But man, mm-hmm. I need y'all to press on that Jump to It album and to get it right. 82 Come on. Because them is, Come them is on. the jazz. And y'all, y'all just be going with respect. Aretha, the, way Aretha song, the way Aretha song, What a Fool Believes, is Woo. 
that's the cut right there. Somebody named that's, that. In that's the, my uh, record. The, that's one of my game. favorite records of all time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's like you you got to give me something besides you know natural woman. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can't I can't <laughs> just just give me something more than that. It just you know I, I can't respect it if you ain't naming more than that. Like, like when we talk about like this song right. Listen, I said I was gonna play no songs, but I gotta get to it. But this one right here, like I'm so queued up to the next part. <laughs> That's fair. Got Luther Vandross and the Marcus Miller. Yeah. Like, these are the jams yeah. for me. It's not talking about this. Like, this is prime Aretha still to me. That's the music. That's the music. Like, they trying to say amazing grace. This right here. This right here is just for real. Did she do this part right here? This last verse right here? She's not on my playlist because I gotta listen to the full like this album. I will listen to this whole album. Okay. Like this starts okay. it off for me. I listen to okay. Aretha's. If I go into a discography, I gotta listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Because gotcha. it just takes you, it's a moment. It's a and so even her jazz records, when she's covering the standards like those 60s, her early 60s records, I, I go down the whole thing. Like it's a rabbit hole yeah. for me. But yeah. It's like, but playlists, I may have on one or two, but I don't have it. I got more Patty on my playlist. Now, I listen That's to way fair. more Aretha, though. I had to admit that. I do listen to way more Aretha because of, she has way more albums clearly okay. than Patty Solo and right. LaBelle yes. included. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just yeah. for the game purposes, because I'm Patty, I'm Patty LaBelle, I'm Patty Shabazz, <laughs> I'm Patty Jenkins, okay. I'm Patty Wright, Patty Shabazz. Penny Davis, amazing. <laughs> Penny Wright, all that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But since you didn't pick what I picked, listen, I had to show my love for Aretha because people don't understand that is real. But you didn't pick what I picked, so you got exactly which I think you can do it. I'm gonna make it harder for you because you're a real Aretha fan. Aretha fan. Twenty seconds to name me okay. five Aretha songs. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Sparkle. Love that song. Um, Mm. Uh, one step ahead. There we go. Um, Woo! Hooked on your love. No, you didn't. Oh. Um, her, her cover of Moody Moody's Mood, amazing. Um, oh. And the last one, I'm gonna go with Daydreaming because I, I just love. Oh, listen, I wouldn't even. This is probably the first one. I wouldn't even pay attention to the class. 
Because I told you I'm petty. I dropped my remote and everything to listen to the audience. You heard that rap in the back. But this man right here just oh, named man. the cut. He just said one step ahead. Listen, y'all don't even That's, know. This man, I've been this listening, man to, is a listening to that for a couple of days. I've been listening Woo! to that for a couple of days, and she's just... You're the first guess why I wasn't even looking at the clock when you was naming them, because I was in a trance when you was naming all them songs, because I'm yeah, petty, man. and I like Jeez. the clock run out on y'all when y'all be naming them, but I wouldn't even look at like, Listen, oh, you get... Man. Sir, you about to get, you got 500 points. Just that. I usually be knock off, <laughs> I usually knock off negative 50, 50 points for not picking what I picked, but God damn it, you named the damn cut, so you get a plus 500 right there. That's nice. the most I, I can gain for the okay. You nice. got 500 <laughs> points. I tell you. Listen, ask any of the guests that came on here. I be giving negatives sometimes. Like oh I said, the God, energy is what you give me. That's what I base it off of. Ooh. Oh yeah, you get negative twenty five points. Yeah, I'll, listen. If you don't pick, especially if I don't believe what you're saying, or you get a little attitude mm -hmm. with me while you're talking, it's like, oh, we we deduct the points. It, it's uh, like I said, I make up the rules, yeah. so it's whatever I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever, yeah, 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 whatever you giving mm -hmm. me. That's mm -hmm. <laughs> for but sure. you name five, and not only did you name five, you named all of the joints. So you got five hundred right there. Okay, this one, I just made this up. I still need to get on this. I haven't listened okay. to his whole discography, but I had to switch out Brian McKnight and Babyface. I took out Brian McKnight. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. He's getting too hot in these streets. And you know, the guest was uh, critiquing it too much. So, but Babyface oh still in God. there, but I added uh, Raphael, <laughs> I added Raphael Sadiq cause I felt like couldn't put Teddy in there because I was doing solo. So solo albums, this is what this is. Babyface or Raphael okay. Sadiq? Solo albums? Like mm -hmm. their solo albums? Okay, Raphael. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Raphael. Listen, I gave it to Face with Brian with the solo because they said I was cheating but doing the catalog. And it's like, that's why I did it, to be petty. They didn't respect yeah, the pettiness yeah, yeah, when I was trying to do yeah. with the Brian McKnight. That's why I take it mm -hmm, out. But, mm -hmm. you know, Brian McKnight don't really do okay. it for me. It's like, uh, you know, uh, No, I can't. You know, besides, I, cannot do, I can never get with Brian McKnight. Not just, not even just his him. personal stuff. Because, you know, I've always known he was a douchebag. You know, just, you know, random acquaintances. I don't care about the, the music. But, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, the music is just sappy. I can't get with it. do it for me. Ugh. Yeah. You know? Too much. I mean, people don't like Keith Sweat because he big, but I feel like Brian McKnight big too much too. I, I'm not really with all <laughs> yes. the '90s runs. The '90s runs don't yeah, do it for me. I can't yeah, do. Yeah. I can't hear all that shit while I'm listening to music. But you know, Great no. Gowns. You know, Legacy. Obviously, great you know, Gowns. I get that, but you know, we love, don't do it. We love Great Gowns. Beautiful yeah. Gowns. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I almost said rest on him like oh, he passed man. away. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he was alive. Not, My bad. Not yet. There's no shade. On the internet, he damn near oh, black woman. They like get your, get your tail off this internet with this yeah. with yeah, this uh, us, side family. Yes. Listen, he's just a dead. Listen, dude. I don't even admit that. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> listen, that's your personal bit. That's the thing with me. It's just like with Stevie. Listen. He's what he top favorite hip hop producer and all that stuff what he did with R and B, but I don't get into the personal mm -hmm. life. You know, oh. do what y'all do. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-mm. The music, no. you know, unless you harming somebody, like you know, yes, we talked correct. about earlier yeah, with other yeah, yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. doing stuff like that, then I ain't really rocking with it. But if you just cheating on spouses and not paying alimony <laughs> or something or not playing child support, like that ain't got nothing got to do with me. That ain't none of my business. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Exactly. You listen, you 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 acing it right now. Okay, next one. Nice. I had to switch this one out too. They were critiquing everything. The guests were, were liking some of my picks because they were too petty. Okay. <laughs> SWV, okay. SWV or involved? SWV. Talking right. Yes, I had escape in there, but I kept throwing too many jokes in there. I'm going to get too many artists in trouble if I keep doing that. It's still SWV. <laughs> SWV is still. Right, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I had yeah. too many jokes. Some of these I had to switch out because I had too many jokes. And it's like, I don't want to be petty. Even though I'm right. about to be petty when I, I say you. the next one. Okay, this one. I know what you're going to pick, though, because you already mentioned her being your favorite. But okay, so I'm going to do this one more. I'm just doing this because I'm just doing <laughs> I'm just doing this because it was it's you. And I want to throw this joke in there. Brandy or Monica, mm-hmm. you just said it, but Brandy or Monica, that's the next one. And I love, I love Monica. I love the energy she brings. I love her too. Love Gunica. But, yes, absolutely. Gunica, yes. Listen. This is, no. I swear. It's, it's this may be my, I said this is going to be my last one, but it may be my last, depending on who the guest is. I got to throw this joke out here. When that verse okay. is going on, this is the last time, I, I, I promise to the listening audience, I'm going to try not to do this joke no more. <laughs> I'm doing it because he's here. <laughs> and I think he might. <laughs> listen. When that versus was happening, Brandy and Monica versus Monica, I know Brandy wasn't saying this to be funny, but it's funny to me. When they went to Broken Hearted, after they played Broken Hearted, and Monica was like, oh, that's my favorite song from yours. And Brandy made a face, if you remember. And she was like, why do you make that face? Uh-huh. And I said that was my favorite. And she was like, no, you know, because that was my, you know, the, my awkward stage where, you know, I was trying to learn my voice and, you know, I was going through that awkward mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. vocal no, but she's like, but no, your voice has always been strong. It was the way she said always, Mel. Is, but, <laughs> the way she said always. I know she would try to be funny, but when she said that, I had to hit that exit on that line and cry in my car. The tension. When she said that. The tension. Always that been strong. It was the always. Was. <laughs> <laughs> they were all, yeah, they, uh, that versus was interesting, Listen. I will say. I, I enjoyed it. I think it was because people were too yeah. much uh, had too much information about their past beef, and that's what made it. Well, I, I thought they were enjoying each other. I think Brandy's one of those Same. people that's kind of awkward because I have awkward friends. Yes. All my friends are awkward, introverted. So I totally get Brandy's mm-hmm. pers- uh, perspective and how she talks. She's very much a uh, music nerd. She's very much <laughs> yes, just. I- I've been yeah. in my room studying Whitney and mm-hmm. all the vocal breaks. I analyze Listen. everything. She's that. So her personal skills. Monica was out with the people. Not, okay. Monica was out there in these streets. Uh, the, the streets. girls that they like to skip. <laughs> they like to skip school to go hang mm-hmm. with their boyfriend mm-hmm. during lunch. During second lunch, that's who Monica. She lived the life. Yes, Which makes my, this is where my joke is. When she said that about Monica's vocal, she's like, your voice always been strong. It made me think of her first album. I did not know she was like 12 when she made that album. 
So when she, she said kept this, referencing she, that I, joke, I was crying because she was freaking twelve seven, like a thirty seven year old woman that had yes bills. <laughs> yeah. Straight, straight out of Hezekiah Walker's youth choir. Bills and the niggas who won't do right. Yes. <laughs> I, I say, Bills I was like, damn, I was like, she was. Right. Monica was singing Miss Stain at 12. She That means she had bold ginger, bold ginger ale vocals at 12. That's crazy. Yes. <laughs> Burn the back of your throat. You gotta, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, the bold yeah, ginger ale vocals. I was like, don't, don't, don't nobody sing them notes like that no more. That's what takes Mm-mm. me out. I can't even listen Mm-mm. to like this or like that because I start hollering. I tell you, you know, <laughs> when I after that verses, Same. when I went to listen to this thing, I was Same. right because nobody said that I just can't keep on going. Oh, no, oh. you love me for sure. <laughs> Man. Notes take me out. I was, I, oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, and what was it? Just one of them days that a girl. Just one of them days. Ve- don't get <laughs> taken out. Oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Don't know yeah. why sing them notes no more. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Let me get off Monica. Where's That's my last time doing that. Though. I kind of fumbled yeah. it because I was laughing too hard. That's why I wasn't supposed to work because I was fumbling through. through that oh show. man. No. Shout out to Gunica. Hey, listen, I love Gunica. <laughs> we love, love Gunica over Gunica. here at the Soul yes. Savage Podcast. Mm-hmm. Listen, next one Boys the Men or Jodeci? Oh, now this one is hard because I'm not particularly a huge fan of either. But oh, nice. I'm going to go with Jodeci. But I'm going to go with Jodeci. Because you know I what? Like, That's what I want from y'all is the honesty. Okay. That's it. You had yeah, the first guest to yeah. say because they said about Patty and Aretha. They like, you know what? I don't really listen to either of my playlist. That's what all I want is the honesty from y'all. It's just yeah. the honesty. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I, I think I think boys to men were better from a technical aspect, but the feeling mm-hmm. from Jodeci, that's I mean, you can't you can't yes. Be you can't beat it. It was like I Plus, say it all the time. Boys to Men is like the suburb. If you grew up suburban, then you might lean towards Boys to Men for the popular yeah. R and B feel. But if yeah, you yeah, grew yeah, up yeah, yeah, yeah. not even hood adjacent, you could just be hood adjacent to where you know, right? And it could just be you nasty. That could be it too. Like for me, <laughs> that's why I love it because you know, I like you yes. know, I need my I need my 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 R and B lustful music to be you know sautéed and marinated in the nastiness because that you know yeah. that just mm-hmm. define. Define me, it helps it, you know. So you know, it yeah. helps it. Yeah, it, it brings sure. it all together. So it could be just a nastiness yeah, yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. At a, like I said, <laughs> I was playing Prince uh, "Erotic City" on the organ at church. So it, it started from there. Okay, I was playing. Oh well, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Not, thinking, not thinking about it. All the songs that I played in church were lustful songs. Like I was playing Adina Howard "Horny for Your Love" during altar call with no problem. It was just the the R and B chorus sounded gospel to me, and I thought no. it was kind of sad. Like I was, Listen, I go there, Mel. That's what I do. Listen, this, this is. Listen, I'll bring you into my phone. This is, this is my truth and honesty. I can't tell you. you Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Listen, I'm about to play it for you right now, so you can hear it. Look, listen, I'm just telling you the truth. That's just what it is. Listen, do this not sound 
like some gospel. Look, I'm about to play it. Does that sound gospel? The chords? It does. It does. Look, listen to this ending. Hold up, this part right here. That's an army gospel chord right there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, this note she hit. It's a yeah. church note she hit. That's a church note. Yes. She's straight out of somebody's yes. 90s gospel car singing like that. Oh, you yeah. see that? That's what we talk about. See that? You can't judge it. I yeah. say that during altar call and You're right. it it floated in there. You're right. I can hear that too. I can hear it. I can hear me coming to the altar. I was like, like, me hearing that. William, <laughs> yeah, all the, uh, listen, bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we come together to <laughs> the children of the Lord. <laughs> I was sitting there playing. I'm so horny oh for you. Like, Thank you, Father, for this new day. Thank you for blessing yes. my life. Sorry. Listen, I'm sorry to the Christians listening. This is where the heathen is turning. Oh, Let me turn man. the heathen down. This is the heathen. I turn up too much. Let me let me go back to the list. We'll go back to the list. I ain't gonna do too much. I'm, do, I'm going too far already. I'm losing everybody now. I'm going too far with the gospel and <laughs> heathen. I'm a heathen male. This is oh, what man. I do. But just going to be in the bonus round now. <laughs> going okay. too far. I'm going too far. I like to get up to the line to see how far I go. Listen. Sometimes yeah. I I be going over. I try not to. Steve I try to stay up on just Steve to see how far I go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just a, mm -hmm. Listen, it get too hot sometimes, but you know it's all right. You know, listen, I will get there someday. I ain't get drunk enough on this show, so you know I, I'm pretty sober. So uh, <laughs> this is normal activity for me during this game. But okay, bonus round. <laughs> okay, this is album. This is debut album versus sophomore album. I switch it up. I make up the rules that go, so it's always trickery stuff going on. Debut album versus sophomore album. Who you going with? With Miss Faith Evans or okay. Miss Mary J. Blige? Debut sophomore. Who you going with? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Come on. Talk this right. Come on. You you there. I know you're gonna go be. Come on. Uh, come on! I know you gonna answer right. Come on! You know what? You know what? I am gonna go with. I'm gonna go with faith. I yes. Okay, I I love I love Mary's. Uh, what's the four one one in uh, my life? Because they have a certain energy. So I guess for the energy, I would go for yes. Mary, but. As a complete, like, I don't know. Faith was just singing her behind off. Like, the songs yes. and the way that they put the songs together. I don't, yeah. 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 Listen, ain't nobody, right. ain't nobody, ain't nobody, I can do. Like, that, yes. you can't, you're not, get, you're not getting better than that. So Stop playing. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. I have to go with Faith. All this love. So, Faith debut, who you going with sophomore? Um, ooh. 
You know what? I'm gonna go with Mary. I'm gonna go with Mary. That's I I like how you're supposed to answer life. this. Listen, three yeah, guests okay. in a row. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm a, that means I must be coming into some real money because it's three in a row. The guests <laughs> then, then went. That's how it's supposed to go. This is the first time in podcast history of this whole soul savviness experience that I've had three guests in a row pick nice. their debut and marry sophomore. Mm-hmm. That, that's how I want yeah. it to go. I want you to pick face debut and Mary's my life. That's how that's supposed to yeah. go. And yeah. listen, yeah. I feel like I'm, like I'm about to go on tour again. Listen, I feel like, listen, is the bag going to get bigger? Is that what the universe is? Is that what uh, the super the superior force is giving me? Is the God Almighty giving I, me a, uh, Is that what it? I feel like I'm going to manifest that. If it's not, I needed to manifest yes. that something good is going to yes. happen for y'all picking three in a row. <laughs> for sure. But for yes! Sure. That debut album, listen, is straight gospel R&B. Oh my God. I, listen, I don't skip, straight, no, I don't yes. skip not a nail song on there. I don't skip not a nail song like Karen, on that like debut. It's like Karen made an R&B album. Yes. You are about the fifth <laughs> guest that have said that on there. Y'all, y'all have said that she's the R&B Karen Clark. So it must be true. Y'all, every guest that picked her said oh, that. Yeah. It's, about, it's probably more than that. They call her the oh, R&B yeah. Karen Clark cheer. But yeah, At it's this been point, multiple Kate guests that it. Yeah, right. Listen, those oh, harmonies. Yeah. Listen, the way she stacked, my God, it's just we. we listen, we ain't got to sit here. And then sophomore, you know, what Mary gave my life. Of course, that's to me. I categorize it as I feel like Mary, you know, implemented hip hop R and B. You know, start off with Uptown, the legendary Andre mm-hmm. Harrell, what he did, yeah. hip hop and R and B. Of yeah. course. You know what Mary did with merging that, and it just merged into you know the SWVs, yep. you know all yep. the the '90s groups that you know carried it on. But I feel like she mm-hmm. was like, "This is my album, my life. This is really my life," and I'm telling yeah. it all. If you didn't watch the documentary on Amazon Prime, she like, mm-hmm. "I gave my entire soul to this album," and I felt I felt it, felt the yeah. whole album. So yeah. and, and listen, we ain't gonna sit in front of Faith today on sophomore album either. Keep the faith. No, but no. I still skip songs on that album. I have yes. to. Skip it. Uh, yeah. I skip. I skip a couple songs on there. I can't remember. I got to pull mm-hmm. it up to look look at it. But listen, yeah. let's keep the faith. Got the keep the faith joint. The caramel kisses. Listen, we ain't gonna see her. Mm-hmm. Listen, sunny days. Yeah. The interludes. Yeah. I will give her that. Oh, was it interludes. anything you need? Yeah. Got Kelly Price. Yeah. Co-wrote. And yeah, 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 background yeah. on anything mm-hmm. you need, killing it. Listen, yeah. I ain't gonna sleep on the keep the faith, but I skip a couple on there. I don't skip no songs now, in my life. Now, if we went, if we went third album, that would be more difficult. Ooh. Share my With world. The Mary, I gotta give her Mary. Oh, share my world. I jumping ahead to the fourth one. Third, share my world. Oh, that's my share, album right there. Share my world. Share my, my world album. is incredible, but faithful. Woo! That's good too. Oh, but I think no, 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 no. Is it faithfully? Faithfully? Yeah, that's faithfully. the name of it. I think it's yeah. faithfully. Faithfully. Yeah, faithfully. Man. That's the name of it. Ooh. I love that joint too. Faithfully. Faithfully. Yeah. They took oh. it. Two May and yeah. flipped that in mm-hmm. May joint. Ah. Yes. I love that. That yeah. uh, I love the bridge on that. Don't take away. I uh-huh. just want you to stay. Yeah. And the harmonies, ah, she's killing it. But yeah, 
vocals is ashy. I can't give you. I can't give you the background harmony the notes. Cause <laughs> listen, I, I can't give but you nothing. It's there. It'll be there. The pitch, listen, I give you the pitch. I, I, I ain't in the singing room, but I, I give you your pitch. Listen. I got to hang around the house, boys, okay? I can do all right, mm-hmm. you know, when I want to. <laughs> yeah, 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 around the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you ain't around the house, boys. Yeah, I got a cute little, you ain't around the house, boys, but, okay. Yeah, Man, a bot or Joe? Joe. That's so talking easy. right. That's the bonus. Joe. Yeah. Somebody picked the bond. Male vocalist of all time. Okay, that's interesting. I was trying to find the the, the artist that was out at the time. I'm trying to find, I may switch him out for somebody else that was a lot more. I don't know. I can't think of somebody else Hmm. that I could put Gerald LeVert, but I think that's too heavy. It may, you think Gerald LeVert could put put in there? Um, Against a bond? Oh, instead of a bond. Yeah. I'm trying to find somebody that's equal. That was that time, like late '90s, going at that was dominating early 2000s, like '90s going into the early 2000s. I feel like Joe was dominating, you know, going yeah. at 2000s. It's hard to find because if I was out here, I ain't gonna sit and sleep on him. If I had the choice, the duets and the. If you look at it that way, yeah. If you look at it that way, then they should. They but should Gerald, be the same. he had the albums too with LSG and. If you don't count LSD, oh, yeah. his soul I mean, albums sure. did well too. Yeah. He was hot out here, you know, early 2000s. So I don't know. That's why I was, yeah. I was trying to, it was in him. Keith Sweat, I don't know. I can't really add him in there. I'm trying to find a real vocalist. Nah, 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 go nah, nah, against. Nah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, uh, let I me put some, let me put some thought to it. Let me put some thought to yeah, it. Yeah, Johnny Gill, yeah. like most of the, 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 the artists, like they peaked at the 90s with other groups, like Johnny Gill did, like. His best right. was early right. '90s New Jack Swing. He didn't really pop mm-hmm. late '90s until he did all those albums with LSG. I don't think he did. You, you know, know what? No disrespect. You, you probably, know, it's just that you know during a time. It's just, you could probably put Tyrese in there. It can be Joe and Tyrese. Oh, you know what? That's even that's that's absolutely what I think. I think he was late '90s, early 2000s. That's absolutely mm-hmm. it. Yep. I need, but also. Yeah. It's open up for more jokes because I don't. I really care for Tyrese. You know, oh. <laughs> he's a premium. It is just, it is just like my early days of doing R and B gigs. He was always on, mm-hmm. like the lineup, and he's such an asshole. And, and oh no, like sound check was like unbearable because yeah. he would take up most of the time. It's mostly that shit. And it, I'm not biased either because I've written about that one album he put out with uh what's it called? Shame. I wrote it. I said that was a, a good album, mm-hmm. a great album, you know. Mm-hmm. But just mm-hmm. him personally, I don't think he's and it's multiple yeah. times. It ain't one in incident. He's pretty much an asshole. He's oh, not yeah. he's not nice. <laughs> he's not well, nice at all. I mean what you, you- you can go but between it's just the two. My personal day. It's a, yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to lead into more jokes. It's I'll be like the one I did before this next one. I had to switch out a Shanti. I did a Shanti or tweet. I put tweet and Selena Johnson, but I may have to switch oh, that out okay. to Selena Johnson okay. and Angie Stone. I don't know. I don't know who to, that'll be. What, a good what do you one. think? Tweet or Selena Johnson? Um, tweet. Okay. If I'm choosing between the what two, about, tweet. What, what you think yeah, is, tweet it. Yeah. What you think is better, that or Selena Johnson and Angie Stone? Because I think they were they were all at the same time. So which one would you go with? 
I I think Selena Johnson and Angie Stone would make pre- I would be more curious to see what people would say because I'm sure more people say tweet if it's between tweet and mm-hmm. Selena Johnson. I guess. Um, and then, and then, Selena- like, yeah, no, no, no. I was just gonna say like tweet. I would I would try to find somebody like uh, Fantasia because they were out because she came out for. Mm. After mm-hmm. American Idol, I was trying to find a young mm-hmm. demographic like Fantasia tweet, but you know yeah. that could be it too. But I don't know. I'm just but be. Selena Johnson. I feel like Selena Johnson had a very sweet tone too. Like she can go mm-hmm. soulful, but then she also had a sweet spot like Tweet mm-hmm. does. Because Tweet is very much quartet. She gives you quartet harmonies all day. With oh, that all day. All it's day. like I feel like soulful wise. I feel like Tweet and Selena match up, but Selena may have more of an edge because of that. A lot more power, but tweet she got that sweet mm-hmm. spot to where it's just still notes. Woo! Like yeah. she ain't gotta give always, it as much. It's like woo. I always think of her as like the female D'Angelo in the voodoo area, in the voodoo era. Because yes. I think they had like the mm-hmm. same quartet approach to yeah. their vocals, and so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, because mm-hmm. you know she Charlie Burrell, Nissan Stewart, you know Greg mm-hmm. Roman, you know she had yep. the same team, yep. team on all the records. So it just, yep. but yeah, Selena John, oh, you know, and then it's like she had, you know, the other dude, the Robert Feller cat. I don't like mentioning uh, producer, which you know, I you know, that's the thing. It's like once you realize that, it's kind of hard to not listen to her album because they were good. But I can listen to yeah. it without thinking about him sometimes. But sometimes it's inevitable yeah. to where it's like, yes. you know, unless yeah, you look yeah. at the credits, you don't know. But it ain't like I'm directly mm-hmm. listening to him because that shit, ugh. Right, right. His yeah, records, no. we can throw them in the trash because, you know, really? it's just, you but know, you know, once what? I realize, like, yeah. I don't even like, I don't like his albums. Like, I don't, I don't see, I don't see what people, I don't get it. For the most part, it was. If we talking about the R album and Sex Play, like Twelve Play, those were good. Mm-hmm. But then it's like the content of it. It's like this is gross. Because then it's like when you get yeah. Twelve Play, he's like instructing people have sex, and then so we had a debate on our radio show what that meant. It's like no, you don't have to instruct people to have sex with you. That's. That's right. where yeah, it's no. like, now it gets kind it's, of grotesque it's where it's like, it's what are you really yeah. saying? Yeah, it gets, mm-hmm. it's weird. And yeah. that, and, and it's like, once you watch the documentary, it's like, oh, all these songs you're talking, like uh, when he did public announcement, uh, she got that vibe. He names Aaliyah's song. He's naming all these random people. He's like, little Aaliyah's got it, sir. And she was like 12 when the song came out. It's like, That's what are weird. we doing? Ew. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Like she got a bomb at twelve prison for you, sir. No collection of twelve exactly. dollars. You ain't getting no two hundred dollars because she was prison twelve years old you. when that came out in nineteen ninety two. Prison for Mm-mm. you, no stop. Because what the hell yeah, is no. this? And listen, for you, you Robert Felly apologist, this ain't the podcast for you because he'll get flamed up no. on here if I ever bring him up. No, Don't you? hopefully Every y'all time. are not Robert Kelly fans that listen to this podcast because. We don't welcome homophobic, transphobia, or uh, Robert Kelly fans. Rape yes. apologies. That's not welcome <laughs> on this podcast. So hopefully you exactly. ain't one of them people. If so, listen, I hate the ones 
when I used to write and they would send me emails, they were like, do you still get an urge? Are you going to talk about his? For what? Why would I talk about an album he put out? It was something called Lunch Table mm-hmm. or Buffet or whatever the fuck he put out. They were, I'm like, why would I write about that? Are y'all serious? No, thanks. What, where are we no, at? No, I got an urge. A urge no. to listen to rock. Like, it, like, we ain't talking about Stevie Wonder Genius or right. Prince Genius or... <laughs> Like George Clinton, like so, like geniuses mm-hmm. like that. We talking about somebody that paid people to lot about credits of him writing songs and shit like that. Like he wow. most of his wow. career, you can't even you don't even know if he wrote half the shit that he claimed he wrote. Clearly he didn't because he don't own half of his publishing, and that's why he's right. in the predicament exactly. he's in now. But either way, it ain't his music ain't that good I, it's so many art like we named joe thomas like if i want to get lusty mm-hmm. i can listen to joe thomas i can right. listen to intro's first album i can go even mm-hmm. the the female artist that was making like swv or something intro. like downtown like there's plenty of songs yes even if i want to go yeah. old school go Eisen brothers there's plenty of music mm-hmm. non-robert kelly affiliated that i can listen to that lustful he ain't the yeah. listen, he's not the only one Trish. On open your mind nasty open it's like ears. <laughs> Gross, but I think that's it. Oh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, Ohio players. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Listen, I have determined we are at the end of the soul, the end of the, the of the What's Wrong with You game. I have determined there's nothing wrong with brother Mel Smith. He won the game. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with him. He won it. Yes. He was acing it through there. Yes. He aced all the ones that I needed him to ace. I don't think he answered one. The Aretha one is a given, but he named all the good joints. That's all I want for y'all to name me something besides natural woman and respect. Like, I need y'all to get dig because oh it's God, easy to please, do that. I need y'all to please. Prove, prove your love. So many I know I ain't trying to listen. It's, music is subjective, of course. That's why I do this as because when you go to the playlist, that's the true determining factor if you have because it's not me pitting them against the artist comparison because when we get to the truth of it it's like you ain't got to compare because then you like if i name these artists or name these songs then that's your determining factor if you really listen to it and if you yeah. don't listen to it it's fine too yep. it's not me acting mm-hmm. like an end-all be-all because i accept any answer y'all give me because music is subjective right but i like being petty and i like to put y'all in a hot spot and act like <laughs> like y'all on the defense like i'm y'all defense <laughs> attorney trying to get y'all to tell the truth on the stand that's all my i just want to badger y'all that's into cool. the truth that's it, it well i'm glad i'm in i need to quit doing I'm it so I'm much I, but you want to right all right listen you told the truth you won the game and we're yes. winning the game on this <laughs> podcast i like i like to give constellation prizes to all the guests because for great guests i feel like y'all deserve great prizes and so with that you know you, you're an amazing guests i feel like you deserve an amazing gift. So what I'm gonna do is gift you with a cash app of six dollars and seventy two cents. So you can go to any oh, local convenience store and get you two. Because we went up in the budget. It was two dollars and some change. Yeah, it was two dollars and eighty two cents. Okay. You get one item. You got you. You could have got you a ginger ale, a sun kiss, a Powerade. Right, but right, now right. you get you two items. Now, now you get you a sun kiss oh. and some ho hos. Or a yes, power and some skills. <laughs> that's that. That's what the you get. That so 
I'm a cash app you that six dollars. What I say, six dollars ninety two cents. You get that. You get two items yes. in the budget. That's what I'm gonna remember it. Nothing. Six dollars and ninety two cents. I'm gonna remember that. Nothing but illustrious <laughs> gifts and just just nothing the best for y'all. That's what y'all deserve. Just something quality. Just something it. just high value. You a high value man, yeah. so we give you high value snacks. <laughs> I appreciate you. I thank you for that. <laughs> I, I was playing oh, around. Man. I need to quit. I need to quit. That. It's like an inside joke between me and the listeners. They love when uh, I do that. When I have new guests, though, I've been trying to get rid of it for six hilarious. years, but they enjoy it clearly. It's, it's stupid. Keep, I'm ridiculous. Yeah, keep it going. I, keep it going. I'm trying to. I'm trying to act right for the new year. I don't know. It's not. Not. <laughs> I'm not keep doing it a good going. job. We love it. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mel, for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Listen, of course, you you are one of these special people in this music industry because I've been following your career, and I you know noticed when you said like I've been following you on Twitter for a minute, so I did see when you had tweeted Leslie Odom. I think like twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. You were you were talking mm -hmm. about that, and it came in fruition. It's just I think you're you're one of those ones that have the gift and i think because of the fluctuation of how the music industry is i think that sometimes artists and creatives we, we get caught up in that but it's just you just do you and the things that come i think for you your, your divinity and your gift is president is it, it just it speaks for you because your work speaks for itself it's not one of those things to where I feel like I think you you the way you open yourself up to opportunities is a beautiful thing and it's inspiring for people like me, you know, that's always just want to be in the background, don't want to ruffle, but it's like seeing yeah. you communicate that way and like, hey, I want to work with this artist and doing that. It's like, you know what, let's let's put one foot in front of the other and just do it. And so yeah. it's inspiring to me. Somebody, you know, you know, you do it 18 years and you feel like, ah, uh, you know, they don't really want this, they just want you know mm -hmm. the newer acts or young people but yeah, you were one yeah. of the ones where it's like you know what he's doing it and it's like you you just set your own pace of how you want to do it so i believe in anything because i feel like the divinity of you is just being yourself and i feel like that's what attracts people to it because your earnest ability to tap into the art because you're coming at it from an mm -hmm. earnest place and just the honest uh, love of the music that's what i feel like you're making impactful art and a soul imprint that's what i call it yeah people like you that i like having on the podcast you make soul imprint art yeah i appreciate and that i really do anything that you know no problem at all and anything that you do i think it's going to happen because not just because you pursuing it it's because it's supposed to happen because it's yours like whatever that you i feel like because it's just watching it from the outside perspective and knowing how hard it is to get on as a producer a co whether if you're co-writing or producing the record like knowing mm. the process of that and you still make your right. out your own lane you got it like that's not something that it's got it. I say it all the time. It has to be in you. It ain't on you. It got to mm -hmm. be in you. Right. Because when it's on That's you, good. the tangible shit of, oh, yep. you know, I get blinded by wanting a Grammy. I get blinded by wanting mm -hmm. accolades because it don't come like that. You got to 
keep because your work is going to speak for itself yeah. where it's going to open you up to where you're going to get those opportunities because you're just opening yourself up because you want to create it's not i'm worried about this right. or that of course you're going to handle your business and you're going to make sure because i know right. you do for the sure. background vocals too you're going to make sure your check is right mm -hmm. i know that i i because you, yes. you've been in the business you know how it goes and so <laughs> i already know see i already know Absolutely. that i didn't even have to ask you that in the question i know you're going to handle yeah. business because you yeah. the president yeah. with your father your uncle everything mm -hmm. they did i'm yeah. sure you learned all that from there so i don't have to Absolutely. you know ask, you know ask you that question you already did that so it's just a matter of yeah. you and, and you're young so you have a lifetime to get receive that but that's yours because it's supposed to be yours and it's in mm -hmm. you like i said I, 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 I just want to pour into that because you know people write me all the time talking about how do you get on how do you get that and i think from mm -hmm. a musician perspective, people get misdirected because they just take anything that comes at them, which isn't nothing wrong when you're starting right. out. But at right, some right, point, right. you have to focus and hone in on, okay, I'm going to do this. I got to do yeah. this. And once you make that yeah, go sure. clear, it's going to align. It has to. Yeah. And your spirit, yeah. just talking to That's you, you're likable. Yeah, you're likable. Oh, thank you. You have likability online. Like you can feel that online. That I'm sure that's why Leslie Oldham yeah. reached out to you because what you tweet mm -hmm. about, the things mm -hmm. that you tweet, all those things are reflective of your mind and how you think. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it will translate when you meet in person. I already feel that energy just talking to you. So Man. you have all the capabilities wow. of somebody that's doing it because you have. I'm, I'm just I'm just happy to to experience your being. And I already know oh, man. whatever you want to set out to do, it's going to happen because it's yours. Because you're supposed to have it. I just wanted to give you that. I like I like to give people I appreciate that. what I like, feel. I, and so yeah. you're doing soul and print work. That. And what you're doing, what you continue to do, it's appreciated. And I feel it. I believe it because you put the work in and I feel all the work, whatever creative projects that you do, I'm 100% behind it. So I just wanted to give Thank you, you that. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you reaching out and let me be on this amazing show. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. We've been, <laughs> I'm listen, glad we got here. We've been yeah. up. I'm trying yeah. to, listen. I'm trying to book you on for a minute, but listen, everything has its timing. You know, it, it, it happens Absolutely. when it's supposed to. I'm glad it happened now. Absolutely. I'm glad to talk to you. And you got stuff to talk about. So what what else what else should we expect from Mr. Bill Smith? What else should the audience look forward to? Let them know where they can reach you. What you got? You know, okay. I know you got your consulting. You know, you got everything going on, but let them know where they can reach you and what else you got going on. Okay. Um, so you can reach me. I'm usually on Twitter. <laughs> so uh I am Mel Smith. Um listen, buckle in for a good time. Uh we, we always have a good time uh with that community over there. Um the website to my uh consulting agency is JS Creative Cons at uh C O N S dot com. Um but yeah, if you you know if you want to work definitely reach out um uh bringing in some new clientele for this year i'm really excited about that um got a lot a lot more placements this year some big some yes, big placements that i'm really excited about yes, yeah um 
So that, that'll, that'll be coming soon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I've been I know exactly what you're talking work. about. So, yeah, I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yes. So I get you. I've been putting in a lot yeah. of work uh, the past three years. And so it's we're finally here to where it's, it's going to make mm. a difference. So, um, yeah, but those are my communities. Follow along. I'm super transparent. I'm super open with my journey and, you know, just helping other, you know, other creatives. Because I think this this is a community worth, you know, being a part of and worth serving, you know, in any way I can serve mm. my, you know, my creative community. I, I want to be of service in that way. So, yeah. Again, thank you for having me. This was a long time coming. This was a great time. Please have yes. me back. Cause, you know, I'm going to uh, have you back. Listen, you don't understand. Yes, please. I'm gonna have please. you back. I'm gonna have you back. <laughs> back. That's that's for sure. Back. I'm here. Thank you so I'm much. Here. Thank so, you so much yeah. for coming. On. Yeah, absolutely. You're here. Listen, journey's incredible, and you young still. So you, you listen. You got some more to put in. You got listen. Eat your weed, man. Cause oh yeah. You got, oh yeah. You got we just beginning. Yeah, we listen. Oh, I'm ready for it. Whatever you got going on, we gonna we gonna rock with you. Whatever you doing, you singing in the background. Listen, let me know when you're in concert <laughs> with somebody, and I I show up. I pull up on you. you yes, singing bet, in the background, bet. singing in the background. Whatever you doing, I got you. Listen, I'll let listen, you know. I got you. We at the end of Soul Sadness podcast. Listen, oh no problem for sure, <laughs> for sure. We are at the end of the Soul Sadness podcast. My amazing guest. This is a special episode. I know y'all say I say that all the time, but it is special. It's, I'm having special people on. Y'all need to learn from He dropped major gems. Hopefully you caught all of them, his journey. Listen, we got some more stuff to, to talk about. We're going to have them on more episodes. But you tune into the Soul Savage Podcast, your absentee parent of podcasting, your weekend parent of hosting, <laughs> Q Lynn. I say that I'm, I'm putting extra emphasis on that because I'm about to be an absentee parent of this podcast very soon because I'm about to go on tour. We geared up. Uh, we've been pre in preparation to go overseas for some weeks. Uh, we go. Mm -hmm. We getting it in, man. We got 15 cities. This is the last leg of the tour. Uh, I work for Australian rock artists. Listen, I, they don't pay me to promote, so I don't. I don't know the date. And they don't pay me to care about it, so I just show up to work. That's what the beautiful thing about yes. being an MD. I just show up. Okay, that's his yeah. job, the artist's job. My name ain't on the marquee, mm -hmm. so it ain't my job to sell tickets. Mm -hmm. If you mm -hmm. so happen to be in the UK in Australia, let me know. You know, I know I got a lot of UK fans, but other than that, I don't I listen. I barely want to promote this podcast. I'm just being honest with you. If it wasn't for this podcast, I wouldn't even have social media because I don't like doing none of this. It's too much work. It's like a third job. But thank y'all so much for tuning the podcast. Thank you so much, Mr. Mill Smith, for coming on. Thank you. Amazing. I, it. I love talking to you. Once again, Soul Savage Podcast. Y'all Q Lynn. Y'all keep tuning in. I'm going to be back. I promise. It's going to be real soon. Y'all have a good one. We out, y'all. Yes, man. We're going to have this edited up. My <laughs>